deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A lock door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laughs fans I'm your host ZC And I'm Liz And Liz... We're, we're we're entering a new era, a new experiment, mm-hmm. uh, an angel experiment, if you if if you want to call it something like that. You might, um, you might. <laughs> one could, one one could. No, we 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 finished Twilight, and um, that was a lot of fun. But uh, reading that chapter by chapter, I think I think that that was stretching that idea to maybe the limit. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a, it's a hard concept, right? Because even for Harry Potter, we had plenty to talk about for that, but it's not the best way to talk about a book, period, no. right? Um, no. But but that was a fun one to do, and then doing Twilight, it's like, this is not the way to talk about this book, really. <laughs> <laughs> um and and of course you know we we're we're both we're both busy we've both you know podcast we 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 record long podcasts um and I think we kind of want to keep doing that because I think we do good with long yes uh, as as a as a general rule um and so and so we have decided to uh try tackling a whole book at once with uh with with one episode and kind of kind of taking it as a whole which i which i think is you know in general is like a better way to talk about a book just just so we don't get the you know there there are plenty of situations in like harry potter and twilight where it's like i wonder if this will ever come up and sure enough next chapter it does right 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 um uh but uh no no danger of that happening with maximum ride um that's a book, ride, that, the angel a book experiment. that truly deserves um <laughs> <laughs> deserves the, the uh, important assessment I, I i i love i love that i'm 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 explaining this format change you know in the language of like well it's it's you know i think it's better for criticism and then we we started with fucking maximum ride the angel experiment right right yeah i i kind of feel like i played a little trick on you 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 might have uh, th- this 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 really is your uh your grand coup really uh-huh um, do you want to for for those who who have not not listened to all the previous episodes, or or forgot, or or just just for the sake of including a recap in the episode itself, what what was your what's been your experience with uh, the Angel Experiment or Maximum Ride as a series generally? Well, let me tell you, it all started when I was ten years old. And the airport paperback novel of choice of my parents were James Patterson novels. So they were mm-hmm. everywhere. My parents had a lot of James Patterson novels. And so when I first became aware of like adult reading, that's that what that's what was up. So I read like a bunch of the Alex Cross novels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Along Came a Spider, Kiss the Girls, etc. Watched the movies. Um, and I also read When the Wind Blows, which was an adult novel about, um, uh, I think, a veterinarian 
um, who rescued a group of uh, avian human hybrids out of like an evil scientist compound um, and investigated the evil that went on there or whatever. Um, fast forward until I found out that that had been turned into a young adult novel series as like a soft reboot by James Patterson called the Maximum Ride series. Um, and I thought that was really funny. And then in the last year or so, I decided to read it, haha, as a joke. And I ended up reading five of them. <laughs> the four and a half of them. Four and a half. And not only, not only did you read them, but you like found them like out and about in the world. Like you were, you were getting maximum ride loot dro- loot drops from the universe. Kind I, d- of. I did, yeah, because I read the first one and I was like, ha ha, funny joke to read this funny book. And and they go fast, like they are they are real fast reads, real short chapters. Um, and then I was taking a walk one day, and at the little um. One of those kind of everyone, the little libraries is what they're called, where everyone can kind of take something and put something in them. It had the Mm -hmm. second one. So I picked that up. um, And, and of course, I had to read them all. (laughs) This was fated. This was a, we we were selected for this task, it feels like. It's true. Uh, Selected much like Maximum Riot herself in the novel, perhaps were some parallels between mm-hmm. us and, and the flock. Um, it's ver- it's really funny that you mentioned um, that like you you got into the first one and, and, and like you got into like reading adult books like through James Patterson novels because that's what your parents were reading. Yeah. Um, because doing a little research because like because you know I I've you know I've seen lots of movies based on James Patterson stuff I've probably read some James Patterson books but it's just they they really are like the, just sort of like the most ubiquitous like like literary junk food type thing I I could not tell you a single thing about one right like mm-hmm. like I I it's just stuff that I've read on a field trip or at the airport or whatever murder um, thrillers yeah yeah um but I I was curious, like you know, because the thing he's famous for, of course, is 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 Alex Cross and the sort of like criminal thrillers and that kind of thing. And I I was like, why, w- w- like why did he do uh 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 make make this pivot to to like YA and like children's books all of a sudden, right? Um, <laughs> and um. I think I I I I have no I have no like like hard evidence of this, but I think just piecing together like interview stuff and and the uh the sort of manifesto around Maximum Ride that he put out there about like you know oh it's important to get kids to read sure. stuff. Uh, like this was a genius like marketing pivot. It really feels like like. Like Harry Potter got huge. All of a sudden, parents cared about getting their kids to read. I mean, like not all of a sudden, right? But like that was just like the media craze. Like, oh my god, Harry Potter made reading cool again. Kids are interested in books, and like him just taking a a a book that he had already written and like ripping all of the adult stuff out and putting a children's novel framework in. Um, is is very funny. I actually found a a, a quote from him, uh, uh, an interview. You know, why why did he pivot to to children's books? And this is from uh, uh, bookreporter.com. dot uh, 
Uh, when my son Jack was eight, he wasn't excited about reading. Neither were many of his friends at school. I was thinking, well, wait a minute. If one of the best-selling authors in the country has a kid who doesn't enjoy books, what's going on with our kids in general? Is this a problem we have to tackle? And of course, we quickly quickly realized there was a resounding yes. That was when I wrote my first series for young adults, Maximum Ride. <laughs> That's um, very high-minded, James Patterson. <laughs> um. But just, 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 just looking at that and looking like there's, there's, there's all these interviews where he, he right off the bat, he was pushing how it was great for all audiences. There's going to be a movie. Uh, it's going to be this big cross media thing. It just seemed like this is like, like, uh, like, like the, the, the success of, of Maximum Ride feels very, like, and I don't mean this like conspiratorially, but it's like, it's like, it's very manufactured feeling. Yeah. Well, not only is he a best selling author, but he's a cunning business person and perhaps part of the money fandom. <laughs> oh, J- James Patterson goes where the money is. Like, I mean, like, this, this is not his only children's book series. He wrote one that was like even younger, skewed, called uh, uh, Treasure Hunters. Um, there's Witch and Wizards. There's Daniel X. He did like books for parents, which <laughs> you found the one that he wrote with Bill O'Reilly, which is yes. Um, and 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 he's still still at it and writing books with like Bill Clinton. Um, he's written romance novels. Has he really? Oh yeah. Oh my god! I had no idea. I I, I a prolific writer. He's done uh, it all. Uh, he can and, do it all. And- <laughs> and to be clear, how much of it he actually writes, I think, is a little up in the air. Um, there's there's been a couple of of like reports on like the Independent and the Telegraph that have sort of like tried to dig into like exactly what percentage of his books actually like are him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, there's um, simply no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's just not possible. Um, also, I, I found in his autobiography, he um, talked a little bit about how it works with his quote unquote co-authors. And I think what he was talking about was specifically like Bill Clinton. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sure that he probably put up for that one, right? Like he probably <laughs> showed up to school on the day that yeah. he had to write for Bill Clinton. But he was like, well, I write the outlines and then I let my co-author um, fill in the details, like put in the spice, right? So I assume what he's talking about is like the Bill Clinton one, the recent like Dolly Parton one that he's doing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that means all of the ones that he has co-authors for, um, or if maybe some some folks at the James Patterson School of Writing <laughs> do kind of his outline <laughs> for a bunch of people. I. It's so funny. To hear him say, like, oh, um, you know, I sort of do the outline and then the the co-authors sort of, like, like fill it in. Because, like, the number one characteristic of James Patterson novels, I would say, is that they are basically outlines. And isn't that a beautiful thing? And isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thing? So, like, if if this is the filled out version, what's... What's the what, what's, what's the Bill, what's the Bill Clinton spice in there? <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to know which parts did he did Bill Clinton go through and add some like some adjectives, um, some little lore details, um, oh, man. some setting details, perhaps. 
Um, <laughs> with the the co-author for the Maximum Ride series uh, is is uh, Gabrielle Charbonnet, um, who uh, was credited, I believe, with like starting with like the fifth book or the fourth book. Um, but like, I, I think uh, by that point, people had figured out that she was, uh, actually a co-writer on all four of them. Um, because in like Maximum Ride, like two or three, I think at one point they're in Paris and, and like they see that name on a book and they like make a joke about it and, and people figured it out from there. Oh, interesting. I, I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, like like there was a little like that was that was like a weird sly like credit not really credit thing, huh. uh, just just slipping slipping her own name in there. Um, hmm. That kind of because th- my having having read Maximum Ride one through four point five, um, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure that James Patterson wrote one through three and then passed them off completely, starting with book four. Mm, okay. That was just my like cold read of the situation. Yeah. I I I think honestly like so so the the quote that I have here is uh is Gabriel uh Gabriel Charbonnet worked on as an uncredited co-writer with James Patterson on many of the Maximum Ride books shortly after the release of The Final Warning. The New York Times identified her as the co-writer for all four at the time books. Um and I think that at least for this first book um and, and this is also entirely a cold read on my part, but but I think that we can guess. I think it's it's safe to assume that James Patterson had had put more spin on this first book than maybe some of the later ones, purely because Maximum Ride, the character, is a middle aged man, <laughs> like. <laughs> Her, her, the way that she she talks, the way that she, like the references that she reaches for, the opinions that she feels very strongly about, the situations that she gets into, these are all f- full on. Just like like James Patterson, I, I can see that a, a middle aged man wrote this book. Um, we'll get into some of the details there, but like I mean, the book opens with her referencing the song "Hotel California," so like this right, is not right. This is not the hippest teenager uh, on the planet. Um, she might be James Patterson's bird sona. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that's a good way to think of it. I think, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, 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 I think that that there's plenty here that at least feels very James Patterson-y. Um, Right down to, and, and I, I said that the like the kind of vibe around this book felt a little manufactured, um, starting with the fact that the cover of the copy that I have says uh, 30 million fans and climbing on it in like huge letters. Like that's like the selling point of the book. Um, yeah, is that you, a gotta, lot of- you gotta join up because that's what um, I sort of did to you. I kind of. Yeah, you, <laughs> you I was me. like, "Oh, thirty million and one fans and counting. You got to get in on this." You you pulled me into the flock. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you recruited me, but but there's also like a really long praise section. Does does yours have this? Yes. 
Yes, um, it's like three pages. It's like three pages of like, and there's like, there's quotes from like reviews. And then there's just like, my kid loves this book. Uh, he is so smart and is going to play in the NBA. Like, and it's just like mom in Pennsylvania or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like these, the fakest sounding, uh, uh, like family and, and, and like kid reviews. Um, but, but I, and I was sure that that was just sort of like the teen novel vibe you know like that was part of the like oh we gotta juice this we gotta make it look exciting to teens type thing right but i i went and looked at a recent alex cross novel mm-hmm. and it, it literally starts the same way like a full several page spread of praise and it's just like like dude from alabama says uh alex cross is the bomb this shit rocks you know like it's it's very funny I mean, here's one from um, this book, For Real. I loved this book. It was so exciting and suspenseful that I literally jumped when something would happen. The narrator's voice was hilarious. I laughed out loud in the middle of my English class. It was a great book. (laughs) Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very... There's there's like a car salesman vibe around the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's it's des- it's desperate for you to like it, um, and uh, I I I think it's 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 interesting reading reading it because like uh, James Patterson is such a um, uh, I guess like divisive author. Um, um, like, you know, cr- critics hate his, like, fucking short chapter bullshit, you know? Like, it, that's, like, the number one thing. If you just, like, go and read any reviews of uh, uh, of any of his novels, really, it, 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 it's his, his style is pretty vilified. Um, but it seems to work. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's gripping. And I, and I have to say it sort of ended up working on me. Although I don't know how much of that is the writing style versus like th- this book is so insane that I have to know how the plates keep spinning, you know? Right. Um, I, I mean, it's some of it's the writing style, right? Like no one has the auteur's respect anymore, but like, <laughs> but, but it is so, it's so striking. It's so interesting. It, it, it is certainly unique. Like, like it is unique. It is its own thing. It is really interesting. Um, and and I have to say, reading it, I think it might have been a little bit um, prescient in a way because mm. I was reading this and and sort of you know laughing and 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 having a good time with like you know the page long chapters that all end with a dramatic line break reveal, you know, <laughs> and. You know, thinking back to Along Came a Spider was like 1992, 1993. Something um, like that. It was written like this still. Uh, and the, the I look at like when when we were doing After and we were looking at Wattpad stuff and like the way that Wattpad is published, you know, like a chapter at a time. And it's like a very short chapter each time. And it's sort of built around hooking you in with 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 uh, with just these short, snappy uh, attractive chapters that end with some sort of scandalous reveal or, or, or cliffhanger or whatever. I was like, Oh my God, like this is, this is how this is like, you know, pulp writing has, has been around for, you know, a couple hundred years at this point, but like the, the pace at which pulp has like, like whittled things down to just like the barest essentials 
uh, in, in, in stuff like Wattpad and stuff like, like mo- modern YA. I, I think that James Patterson was kind of on that tip a little early. Right. I um, was looking at the one-star Goodreads reviews of Maximum Ride the Angel Experiment, <laughs> and one of them you know, was the like epic scathing review. And it started something like, uh, remember when you were nine years old and reading Wattpad and, um, and you knew that it was written by another, you know, nine year old, uh, but imagine that, but it was written by a 50 year old or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's Wattpad written by Mr. Too Damn Cancelled himself. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's really striking. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found a very interesting thing because I was I was poking around. I was I was trying to find interviews and, and articles and stuff about Maximum Ride, like from the time the pivot to YA was made, right? Like like what was his pitch when Maximum Ride first came out to people, right? Um, and I found an article. Uh, a really in-depth, long interview with him from Publishers Weekly from 2002. Um, so before Maximum Ride came out, and it, w- it was very interesting. But I was like, "Eh, this is this is interesting, but it's not really relevant because it's before Maximum Ride." But then something like just like jump scared me as I was reading it, <laughs> and and I, I I have to share this. Um, so this was a this was one of those like really lengthy in-depth interviews where like the interviewer was like embedded with him for like a couple days right and they just like hung out and talked and like like he was like staying at james patterson's house basically right sure Mm -hmm. um and there was a bit towards the end where it's where it mentions the, 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 the writer mentions, Patterson's novels are sleek entertainment machines, the Porsches of co- commercial fiction, expertly engineered and lightning fast. The minimal description, the slipstream of sentences, the rat-a-tat-a-tat chapters are all geared towards maximum ride. The style exactly suits the vehicle. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. It was, so it's this really glowing- fuck? Yeah, it's this really glowing interview where it's, like, very personable. It's very, like, uh, warts and all. He's hanging out, going to restaurants with James Patterson, and he describes his 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 writing as geared toward maximum ride. Holy shit. Did, did James pull the, pull the author aside and was like, check this out. You can't, check this you out. can't put this in, but look what I'm working on. <laughs> I just wonder if, like, like James, like... Like, he just read this after it came out and was like, damn, my fiction is like that. And that's a good phrase. Maximum ride. I'm I'm taking that. Now Very- I'm dying to know if the character, the, like, bird character in When the Wind Blows was named Maximum Ride. Because that is a question I do not know the answer to. So mm. maybe this is, like, a real, like, When the Wind Blows head. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That that is so interesting. The very beginning of this book opens with a like acknowledgement that it's sort of related to the lake house, but not really, which is one of the most confusing things I've ever read. I think at the that beginning acknowledgement of a book. is for me only. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> the idea for Maximum Ride comes from earlier books of mine called When the Wind Blows and the Lake House, which also featured a character named Max 
who escaped from a quite uh-huh. despicable school. Most of the similarities end there. Max and the other kids in Maximum Ride are not the same Max and kids featured in those two books. Nor do Franny and Kit play any part in Maximum Ride. I hope you enjoy it anyway. That was just written for me. Thank you, James. <laughs> he wrote it just for you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 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 there a, a lot of going on kind of around this book um uh and 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 a a to sum it up you know a, a famous uh legal thriller author kind of uh senses the way the wind is blowing with fiction maybe in the mm. in the early 2000s um and uh and makes a makes a gamble uh shifting to a different market and it kind of seems like it paid off kind of um, paid off like it, it, well enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we dig into the book itself, I have one more thing to share, which is uh, uh, an interview clip uh, that I will play. That is both very, I think, <laughs> you know, very, very, very revealing. Sort of sums up what we've been saying, and then also ends in the funniest way that I have ever heard a author interview end. Um, so first off, this is the first half. Maximum Ride is like Harry Potter. One so just of a minute right away. People from 10 to 110 can read. And if you have a young child, as I do, here's my, my thought for you. Buy your kids a book. They won't buy a book for themselves. Most of them won't anyway. And the thing to know about Maximum Ride is they're going to love it. Uh, it's going to be a movie. Warner Brothers has a script already. Akiva Goldsman, who wrote the screenplay for Da Vinci Code is uh, producing it. So it will be a terrific movie, but don't wait for the movie. <laughs> don't wait for the movie. I've never heard him speak before. <laughs> I I love how honest this is. This this, this just, just right away. Oh, it's like Harry Potter. Anyone can read it. Buy um, my you book. Should, you Go should buy, buy my for- book. <laughs> You should buy it for your kids because the kids aren't going to buy. Which that is that is how you know that he 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 knows like what a what a smart savvy play this is because it's like yeah kids don't buy stuff because they don't have money. Parents have the money, so you've got to go buy the book for them. You put the commercials in front of the kids, and then they bug their parents to buy exactly. the cereal. <laughs> So just right off the bat, just immediately listing all the ways it's commercial, commercially viable. Oh, there's a movie, Warner, and, and the Da Vinci Code writer is writing the movie. I don't know if that ended up being true, because the movie did not happen for another eight years after this interview. Mm. Um, anyway, here's the second part of the interview where he describes the book itself. Maximum Ride was already um, selected by the Times as a children's book of the week. And it really is a terrific read. It's about six kids, ages five to 14. They were brought up in a lab. They've escaped from the lab. They're being chased and they have wings. They can fly. They have lots of other powers. They have a dog. The dog can talk. (laughs) Just cutting right to the important shit. He's so right. The dog can talk. <laughs> they have a dog. The dog can talk. It's so good. <laughs> oh, the perfect sound bite. 
Oh. I love that he lists the age range. Like he's he's just full business mode. Full business mode. There is a character that any of your kids can relate to buried in this book somewhere. And a dog oh. that can talk. <laughs> or a dog that can talk. Right. And they have a lot of powers. <laughs> That's right. Um well, uh without further ado, shall we get into the book itself? Oh, uh, please, yes. I've been waiting for this. Okay, so I have had to write a very long summary here because it is a full book, and I did I did my best to not editorialize. <laughs> so I hope I hope you enjoy my rather long summary of Maximum Ride: The Angel Experiment. You can tell me if there's anything uh, important that I missed here. Uh, Maximum Ride is a young mutant with bird wings who is the de facto ringleader of a group of runaways. Years ago, they escaped a nefarious super lab called The School, where they were subjected to many cruel and unusual scientific tests. Max and her friends were helped by a defecting scientist named Jeb, who broke them out and taught them survival skills. The eldest of the escapees are Max and Fang. They are in charge of Iggy and Nudge, the middle mutants, and then Gaz and Angel, the youngest. Gaz is also known as the Gas Man because he farts. Um, doesn't come up in the book at all, but that's his name. That's right. When the story begins, Jeb has been missing and presumed dead for some time now. Max has been left in charge, and when a group of werewolves from the school called the Racers show up to kidnap Angel, she has to delegate. Max orders Iggy and Gas to stay home and brings Fang and Nudge along on a rescue mission to break Angel out of the school once more. While chasing the erasers who kidnapped Angel, Max sees a girl being bullied by a group of boys and swoops down to rescue her while Nudge and Fang continue onward. It's a good thing she does because one of the bullies has a shotgun. She dispatches these unruly teens but not before taking some pellets to the shoulder while running away. Luckily, she finds the girl she rescued, Ella, walking home. Ella takes Max home to get patched up by her mom, who is a doctor. Max has a whirlwind of character development where she learns what it's like to have a family. She opens up to them about her bird wings, bakes cookies with them, and generally has a great time. Meanwhile, Iggy and Gaz are blowing some erasers up with an IED. They got bored and angry, waiting around doing nothing at the hideout, and have taken matters into their own hands. After incinerating the erasers who doubled back to search the mutant's secret base, Iggy and Gaz head off to join their friends, but not without taking a few stops here and there to search for their wayward parents. Nudge and Fang meet some hawks, and the hawks teach them some advanced flying moves. <laughs> Max leaves Ella and her mom after an x-ray reveals that she has some sort of microchip embedded in her arm that she worries might lead the erasers to her rescuers. Everybody finally meets up, and the whole gang gets ready to storm the school. However, the plan quickly goes sideways, as a gang of erasers led by Jeb's son Ari handily defeats Max and her crew. Angel has not been having a good time back at the lab. It turns out that Jeb is not dead and was behind her kidnapping. Max, Fang, Nudge, Iggy, and Gaz are all right back where they started all those years ago. Jeb has a face-to-face -face chat with Max where he tries to make her see his grand plan. She is special and will save the world one day. However, that how that is related to anything at the school is unclear and Max isn't hearing any of it. She and her friends break out once again with Angel in tow. Max, realize, Max and Fang realize that their hideout is probably no longer safe and try to come up with their next move. Angel says something ominous about another evil lab she heard about with her psychic powers, the Institute. She says that she thinks this lab is in New York. Desperate for answers, the flock makes their way to the Big Apple. 
They fuck around in New York for like half of the book. I am not joking. I seriously have no idea what to write here because I don't know what's important. They go to St. Patrick's Cathedral. They eat hot dogs and peanuts. They see a concert in Central Park. They nearly get arrested for climbing on a tree. Uh, they take the subway. They visit FAO Schwartz and use psychic powers to make some lady buy Angel a giant teddy bear. They meet a side character from Hackers and get free milk, free makeovers, literally a sentence after Max wonders aloud about needing a disguise. I think the important thing about this sequence is that Max starts hearing a voice inside her head that can also broadcast images and words <laughs> to screens around her and claims to be her guide. Through a series of tests, the voice imparts wisdom and a loaded bank card to Max. The flock, tries to, the flock tries to eat at a fancy restaurant with their newfound wealth, but are forced to escape using their bird wings when management calls the cops on them. They lay low for a while on the Jersey Shore. Angel nearly drowns, but it turns out she can breathe underwater. <laughs> Thanks to a New York Post expose, Ari and the Erasers track Max down and beat her and Fang up a bunch until Jeb shows up and tells them to knock it off. Max and the flock escape and are determined to find the mysterious institute, Erasers Be Damned. After meeting the hacker again and realizing some of the images broadcasting out of Max's head contain directions, the gang realizes that the Institute is on 51st Street. They travel through the sewers to, to search for an underground entrance. Once inside the evil lab, Max finds a bank of computers. They're all password protected, but it turns out Nudge has a new superpower, touching stuff and finding out information about it. She works out the password and Max prints a bunch of files about the mutant program. Iggy and Gaz discover there is a room full of rejected mutants right behind a curtain in the same room, and Max decides to break them all out. Ari shows up and tries to stop them, but Max karate kicks him in the head so hard that he dies. A furious Jeb calls out to Max as the flock escapes that she has just killed her own brother. Angel steals a dog from the lab, and the dog can double jump. The end. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> this, is a, this is such a gift to me because... It's like I'm reliving it all once again. <laughs> they have a dog. What is going on in this book? This is the greatest trick I've ever played on someone. I'm sorry that it was you. <laughs> what did you make me read? Oh. <laughs> Oh. This is just like Harry Potter. This uh, this makes Twilight look like the Bible. Um, this is, <laughs> this is... I hope you mean the religious themes. That, that's right, yes. Because <laughs> this has no themes. It is all facts. It's just facts. stuff. Mm -hmm. Just stuff happening. No, like, relation to each other. I mean, I knew I was in trouble when... So it opens with, like, a dream, which is, like, fairly... Like, like, like I, I was, I was tricked by the book itself because it opens with like this dream sequence where she like Max is imagining being chased um, and she's like escaping the school. And it's like, oh, okay. So we're like starting in media res, like, like what's the school? What's this mystery? Interesting. But like I said, it turns out that it's a dream. And this is something that happened years and years ago. And as she wakes up from the dream, Max just like unloads a bunch of lore on us about the stuff that actually matters. So like Jeb is a very important character. He's gone at the beginning of this. Who are these other teens living with her in this like empty house in the middle of nowhere? Doesn't matter. We don't know who is angel. That's a great question. Angel is 
the most important character in the book who you know absolutely nothing about other than the fact that after she's been kidnapped, everyone's really sad about it. It's really, it's dizzying the way this starts. It feels like I'm reading a sequel. Yeah, it does. Because it doesn't hold your hand. You no. just have to figure it out yourself. No, you you really, like, and, and, and some of it, again, like, I really wanted to, like, kind of meet it where, where it was at. And I was like, okay, so we're like, we're starting in, you know, in the action, and then we're gonna, like we're going to get some of this later, you know, we're going to, we're going to get some of the, 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 the facts, the, the fact that we need about these characters, perhaps some of the themes uh, about them, maybe in a flashback or some conversation or something. No, nothing like that. Uh, you, you just sort of have to understand that the characters relationships exist and that's enough. You, you just need to kind of take them at their word. That's right. You do. They're kind of archetypes, I suppose. Sort of, yeah. Like, like Ma- Max and Fang, I think just by 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 nature of like being the leaders of the group, and they sort of like get the most scenes. They're they're sort of the most fleshed out, and that they are like the cool girl and the cool guy. You know, like you've seen these in a million cartoons. You can sort of like, I I I, I can I can. I can pick up what they're putting down. You know, I know who these people are, even though the mm-hmm. book doesn't really explain anything about them. We get a little bit of like what Nudge's deal is, but it never matters. Nudge talks a lot. Yes. Gasman, Gaz, uh, he farts a lot. Yes. You would not know that from the book, however, because he farts a grand total of one time in the novel. Yeah, we are just told by Max that he does and that he's smelly. Because he farts a lot. And there are so many moments where I was like, excuse me, I was already like annoyed with the conceit of this character. Right? I was like, this is really stupid. This is, this, you think I'm dumb. You think children are dumb making this character, James Patterson. Um, uh, but there were these moments where I was like, oh, this is where it's going to matter. There's like moments where Gaz is like hiding from erasers, you know, or like they're, they're doing a stealth mission. And it's like, oh, there's going to be a funny bit where he like rips a fart. And then they like hear him or he's so stinky that he gets away because the guy's like, Ooh, that guy's stinky. No, no, nothing like that ever happens. No, no. Um, now do you think that, um, James Patterson thinks that children are dumb or do you think that he's just trying to expand his demographic range? Because we talked about how the gas man feels like he's just like four, four to five year olds yeah. inserted into maximum ride. So maybe he's just trying to like, stretch the demographic mm-hmm. out like oh this is for 9 to 15 year olds <laughs> instead of 11 to 15 yeah. year olds <laughs> yeah no i i think that's the real answer is that this is a like this is a captain underpants character right like uh it's 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 a the, the conceit of his character is 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 absolutely that he is a character from a like even younger skewed book mhm it's just very funny that it out, outside of his introduction, it just never ever comes up. They don't even call him Gas Man after a while. They just call him Gaz or yeah. Gazzy. Iggy is a tech wizard and blind, I think. Yes. Again, never comes up. And then there's Angel. Um a- Angel, the the most beautiful, precocious, 
uh, pure child. Max Max loves Angel so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Ange- Angel is perfect. Um, Angel is evil, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe evil. Angel can um, breathe underwater. Uh, Angel, yeah, Angel can can breathe underwater. She has gills. She has ESP. She wants a beautiful teddy bear. Angel. The last. Celeste, her teddy bear. Angel Angel gets kidnapped and and Max is beside herself and basically like the 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 only thing we really get out of her you know, we don't, it's like, oh, she's like a little sister to me. Oh, she's, you know, I, I connected with her about this, th- this, that, or the other, or like, I feel like I have a responsibility. It is, it is literally just like, well, I mean, you'd be sad if someone you knew got kidnapped, right? So that is really the sort of like emotional <laughs> level this book is working on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you asked James Patterson, like, okay, but like, you know who is Angel to to these characters? He'd he just be like, "Well, it's sad when people get kidnapped, right? Like that's pretty bad." I mean, he's right. Yeah, no, he and, and yo, he is totally right. And again, this is this is the <laughs> this is the like the dark genius of like the Wattpad style style uh, of writing, right? Is like you you can write about what someone's jacket looked like, or you could just like link a picture of the jacket. You know, and and James Patterson is absolutely in the like. I will link a you a picture of the jacket school of 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 fiction. Her name is Angel. Her name is Angel. What else do we need to know? It's sad. It's sad when a little kid gets kidnapped. <laughs> Her name is Angel. Her name is Angel. That's so scary. That that she that someone would want to kidnap her. They, I, yeah, it's, we are, we are fucking off of the races. This is also happening kind of in the midst of her explaining that, like, there was a guy named Jeb here who was really important, but he's gone now. Like, in the middle of explaining that another important character in the story is not present at the beginning, um, werewolves kick the door down and steal Angel, which I, again, I, I get it. It would be scary if that happened to me. Do you love that there's werewolves? <laughs> the werewolves are so funny because they they just feel like the most out of place thing in the whole novel. They have like a weird name. They're they're the they're the erasers, which just isn't very cool as a name. I don't think. Um, not that it just makes me think of pencils, you know. Yeah, I mean they could uh, be the werewolves. Yeah, they're, yeah, the were they're werewolves. Just call them the werewolves or the wolves. The, the wolf, wolves. The wolf people. The wolf pack. Because we have the flock, right? So like the wolf pack. Oh, the, oh yeah, I like that. The flock versus the pack. You know that that could that could work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there's just they're just fucking werewolves, and not only are they like, because because I guess it's actually not. You know, I I I was about to say the that the flock can't like hide their wings, but they totally can. Yes, they can. The logistics of the wings are never actually explored in this book. What are they? Do you know? Uh, yeah, they have like divots um, that they can tuck their wings into that are in their bodies. And it doesn't make any sense because <laughs> the size of the divots that you would need to accommodate like a six foot wingspan, which you right. would need to be a 
you know, human person that could fly around would be way too large for that. But it just, <laughs> it's just gotta be what it is. It's very funny. Cause the, cause the, the erasers, the werewolves, they're like normal. Um, until they go attack mode and then they like grow claws and like they get hairier, uh, and, and like their teeth get, get all sharp. Right. Um, but, but they can like, they can sort of turn it on and off. Whereas, uh, whereas the, the, the flock, they've got like, the wings are like always out in some regard. It sounds like, you know, like they, they can hide them, but I guess, but they're like in, in these mysterious divots. Um, yeah, than, they're, yeah, they don't just like grow them right, every right. time or anything like that. There, There's a lot of like funny logistical stuff about how the mutants work that I, I, <laughs> I had a good time with the way the book was kind of like writing around uh, one of my favorites being the explanation that they they have bird bones, so they have like hollow bones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like you know, but they're like they like weigh a good like eighty pounds less than a comparable human, um, and they're light enough to like run really fast and fly and whatnot. But they're also super strong at like different points, and and I it it. It was funny to me that, like, they never... There's no weaknesses here. Like, it's not like, oh, we're really strong and fast and can fly, but, like, you know, if we take a hit, it's pretty much donezo, because I have bur- fucking bird bones in my body. Right, right. <laughs> right? Um, but no, apparently the bird bones are, like, also super strong, and they can, like, take a, you know, like a like a Bruce Lee punch directly to the chest, no problem. Yeah, they're much more like X-Men, but all the same the same kind. Uh, yeah. Maybe I don't know anything about the X-Men. This does feel really X-Men. This really feels like Harry Potter plus X-Men. But yeah, this entire the entire opening opening sequence, we get like the the barest of character introductions, and then the inciting incident happens just 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 immediately. Like, like, okay, the, the werewolves are here, Angel is gone, we're really sad about that, and we're splitting up to go and rescue her. And Max leaves Iggy and Gasman behind, and this was this was the first moment where I I realized just how <laughs> how bad a book I was in for. I think <laughs> because like I I get I get that this is the moment that every story like this has right. The leader, the young leader, is stepping up, and there are people in their care. That are either either they are correctly assessing as like no it would be irresponsible to bring you along or they're underestimating them right like 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 time and time again that this is billion million stories like this every uh-huh. every kids action movie has this but the thing is is that I don't know these characters and so I can't have an opinion on it you know I I can't go like oh no Max don't don't underestimate Gaz and I also can't go like you know that sucks for Gaz but she's right. I have no I have no information to form an opinion on. This is on just this. how you set up a B plot. <laughs> I I have like no I have no thoughts, no feelings about this. It's just happening to me. Um, <laughs> which is which is a, a running theme in this book. And I have a sneaking suspicion. I have a sneaking suspicion it's because writing a long travel sequence with uh all 
<laughs> like all six characters at once would be like fucking exhausting, right? Like just keeping track of that, like who's doing what, where, what they're you know what right. they're up to. It, it just just we need to be able to write a couple of them out for like a third of the book, and that's that's that that's fine. But like I can't. You I gotta do it. I can't care about this. You gotta set up the B plot. <laughs> Am I because you so you read this like a couple months ago now, I think, right? Like, <laughs> yes. It like how much of this are you like remembering? How much of this did you retain? Um so I will say in the last couple days I have flipped through the book again to okay, refresh okay. my memory. I have also read um the plot summary that is on the Maximum Ride wiki that is pretty much beat for beat. Um Okay. And again, I read this like today and not and not very I don't remember very much. I do remember I I do remember that (laughs) we have this B plot of um, Gaz and Iggy making an IED. um, But the the details no because it just goes so fast. This is like the most and then and then and then book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that I think that I've, or I guess book series that I've ever read. And it's like, yes, when you tell me the events, I remember that they happened, but. <laughs> like what they mean in a broader sense is just like, I, like, I, I feel better hearing you say that because like I, like in preparation for this episode, you know, I, I, I read the book mostly on Saturday, finished it yesterday and kind of re-skimmed it today and did all my notes. I, I've prepared more more notes for this episode than any other episode we've ever done because I genuinely am like, I can feel it slipping out of my mind as we speak. It is, it is completely in one ear and out the other. Like you will, you will (laughs) never, you will never remember what happens in these books. I, I have read 4.5 of them and there are like, there are highlights to me and they're highlights Mm -hmm. like, Oh, the dog can talk. Um, they have a dog. The dog can talk. <laughs> the dog can talk. Exactly. Stuff like that. But no, nothing means anything. Yeah. Stuff just happens. <laughs> right. Like, I I know that uh, f- from listening to you, that at one point, a character drives a yellow Humvee into the Capitol building or something. I- it's or like the, the institute. institute. The, yeah. Is that the institute? You're, yeah, you're mixing it up with the t- with the time that Max talks to Congress. Max talks to Congress, of course. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. So there's just uh, stuff happens. Events are <laughs> floating in my memory, um, but like how they connect is like rapidly, like exiting my memory as we speak. Yeah, I mean, nothing is connected. Like, we talked about Angel having gills. That never comes up again. I mean, maybe is- it does. Maybe in book five. That's why it, That's why it gets you on the hook, right? You're like, oh, maybe book five, it'll be in there. Right. Yeah, you never... And, and, and the thing is, you never know what's going to come up again and what was a reveal or a twist or a, like, uh, 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 fact that was just for the sake of that that like that like shock as you turned that page right it's all it's all twists it's right, all twists yeah. all the way through 
it 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 is it is it is filled with with twists and some of them are like fair you know because because you know jeb jeb is dead and then jeb turns out he was the bad guy and he kidnapped angel so that one that one i think you get like a third of the book on on the hook on jeb being alive or dead right um some of them happen within like a page break my favorite one being is that they uh uh, are they like want to go somewhere, but they can't because they need disguises. And then you turn the page and it's, and it's someone saying like, wow, you are some cool looking teens. We're having a free makeover day at the beauty school. <laughs> <laughs> it just shit's fucking happening. It's just constantly. They're like, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> and then, no- and then, and then, <laughs> That was not really a twist, but like, like in similar like length, the the you keep on bringing up the the angel thing, and that's just the perfect example of like angel. They're like on the beach at the Jersey Shore, and they're having a great time, and they're like, maybe we should just stay here instead of saving the world or whatever. And then they lose angel, and there's like a paragraph of like, you know, my my stomach dropped. Oh my god, did I lose? Did did. Has Angel has Angel been taken from us once more? Is she we dead? Just res- we just rescued her, and we now just she has perished, perished at the Jersey Shore. Angel, and then and then she like pops up like a hundred yards away, and she's and I think she literally says, "Guess what? I can breathe underwater," <laughs> and like that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um... Anyway, to get back on track, it's very easy to get off track with this book because it's just it's just a m- malaise, it's just a mess of events. Fuck! What did happen next? It's all uh, it's all gone. It just all, hold it on, just, hold on. I'm entering leaves. my mind palace. Nope, enter- it's gone. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh right, okay. So so uh, a- a- Max has has left Iggy and Gasman Gas Gasman behind. Um, uh, so they are flying towards the school. The school is in Death Valley, so they're flying that direction. Um, there's some very funny conversations they have about, like, isn't it crazy? Isn't it ironic? Isn't it crazy that it's in Death Valley and it's, like, a scary place? They just, like, talk about that while flying, um, which was very funny. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there is a moment, and I, and I believe that these are right next to each other. Max explains to the reader, she's like, uh, I bet, you know, you might not know this, but uh, as well as wings, we have super vision. We have like really crazy good vision. Um, and then I saw there was a girl being bullied down below. And so she just like swoops down to earth. Just the angel, I guess the angel mission just, just leaves her mind. Just like the plot is leaving mine. It's what angel would have wanted. It's it's what Angel is so beautiful and perfect. Angel Angel would have would have wanted her to do this. Um, <laughs> there's a girl being menaced outside her school by some boys with a shotgun. I don't know. I was like expecting this to like matter more. Fool that I was. Perhaps Max would like save this girl, and but like. I don't know. The this is the mafia, and the mafia will attack Ella and her family in retaliation. And Max will go like, "Oh no, everything's everything's connected." I just make you know a- anything would matter here. No, it's just some guys with a shotgun, so Max can like opine about gun control. James Patterson. 
Speaking through his birdsona again. Speaking through his birdsona. Just this bizarre, like, out of nowhere aside where, like, I, I have, I, this is this is the stuff that makes me believe that that James Patterson really did write a decent amount, at least, of this book. Because this is, this is just a, a moment of pure James Patterson PSA stuff. He's talking about how, like, it's crazy. Gun, you know, gun, guns in America out of control. And, you know, it's just this situation where it's like, yeah, man, like, you're right. But, like, I don't know why. I don't know how Max knows or has an opinion on this. You know what I mean? Like, there's never been a scene of her watching the news because the first thing that happens is Angel gets kidnapped. There's never been, like, a scene of her like talking about how this like matters to her or how she's been affected by it or anything. It's just this, this totally random aside, but she's also like not that phased about it and like kicks their asses. And, and also I guess can be shot with a shotgun and be fine um, with her special bird bones. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a very long sidetrack as well. Very long. Yeah, like like she she splits off from so so we lose like all of the flock for a while mm-hmm. while Max goes and hangs out with Ella and her mom Dr. Martinez and just has like several chapters of like it was like we had a sleepover and we're making cookies and the cookies were really good and uh Mrs. Martinez is so nice and she's a doctor and she wants to help me get patched up because I got shot with a shotgun. Is she, has she to, like, a re- veterinarian? Oh, yes, yes. I because think she's a- this, I think, is the connection to When the Wind Blows. Oh, is Dr. Martinez from Where the Wind Blows? Um, No, it is a different named character, but the main character of When the Wind Blows is a veterinarian. Okay, interesting. Maybe she's... See, it's all in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's genuinely like like if I don't if I don't keep talking about it, you know, like I I just feel like it's gone. It's like yes, she's a vet, so okay. she knows she knows bird biology. That's really useful on account of uh, Max having bird wings. Right, exactly. That got shot with a shotgun on her. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so she has an X-ray, and 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 so speaking of just like twi- twists upon twists upon twists. The, it turns out that in her arm is a microchip. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and and she's like, oh my god, you know, can they track me? Is this how the erasers are finding us constantly? Is this, like, 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 like what is this? And so she leaves, because of course, you know, she doesn't want to put Dr. Martinez and Ella in danger. Meanwhile, while this has been happening, Gaz and Iggy have been bored and decide that the best thing to do is to build a bomb, just in case... <laughs> Uh, the racers show up. Um, there is a alarmingly detailed uh, um, description of how they build it uh, and mm. where they get the instructions from and stuff. There's actually a very funny, like, like I think one of the best, like James Pattersonisms in here is a moment where the the writer himself seems to like break the fourth wall and say. I'll skip over the exact details of of uh, what they were building because uh, the last thing I need is a bunch of my readers copycatting them, and this is really confusing too because 
the Gaz and Iggy sequences are not first person. All of Max's stuff is in first person. But then the Gaz and Iggy and Fang, any anytime it's like away from her, it switches to third person. But then it then he comes in using I statements, first person statements to say like I like okay, I don't need all of you looking up how to build a bomb. <laughs> but, it's, but it's it's very confusing because at some points it like pretends like Max is writing the book, right? Yeah, in fact, it's, it's sort of the conceit. Uh huh. Yeah, like the the the, the like the, the prologue. I forgot to mention this. The prologue is like this. If you're reading this, you're you hold the key to save the world. You know, tell tell your friends by, to buy the book. Yeah, the the tense is all over the place in this book. Mm-hmm. Because like, if you're writing as if the narrator is writing the book, right? Like, yeah, some of that choice. I would say commonly comes paired with the idea that you're limiting the perspective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) James Patterson is like, no, no, (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs) I'm going to uh, write as if I'm writing, as if the character is writing the book, but I'm not limiting the perspective ever. Yeah. That (laughs) it's like, I, I guess we have to take it as like the first person parts are Max talking to us or writing it down. And then anytime it shifts to nudge or gaz or or fang, it's it's like <laughs> I, I guess like another book happening or just just supplemental material. It's very confusing. Yeah, except when Max takes over again and tells us that uh, she's not going to tell us how to build a bomb. <laughs> right. Oh my god, it's so confusing. Or was that supposed to be James? I can't tell. I can't tell who is supposed to be speaking to us. James there. is Max. James of course, yes. James James is Max. Um that that happens a lot in in these sequences with Gasman too because um c- kind of really all of the characters are are James because uh Gasman is like constantly talking about like like video games and stuff and he says at one point oh it's like Grand Theft Auto that's really popular with kids these days i i've heard <laughs> Gaz, you are kids these you days. Are, you are kids these days. And there was part of me that was reading that line, and I was like, is that is the joke there that he's like eight and shouldn't know what Grand Theft Auto is and is trying to do the like, oh, I saw, you know, oh, I, I saw a commercial for it. I haven't played it though, thing. But I don't think I don't think it is. Like there's not enough going on with these characters for that kind of thing to happen, I don't think. This is so delightful because the details that you're picking out are the same ones that I, like, as I was reading it the first time, would, like, come to Discord and, like, feverishly, like, write, like, there's, there's a Grand Theft Auto <laughs> yes, joke in you're here. Right. You're right. Oh my, you're right. We have totally talked about it on air, too. I think. It's in one ear and out the other, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> We're trapped in a loop of reading, of reading the first Maximum Ride. I just, when I read them, I was so sick. And I just remember, like, opening Discord, being like, the dog can talk now. The the dog can talk. They have a dog. The dog can talk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it it is. So so he, he, he talks about Grand Theft Auto. Um, Max, as I said before, her, the first reference she makes was to the song Hotel California. 
Um, she has, of course, her lengthy opinion on gun control. She talks about global warming, um, which will, I know, becomes more important later in the series. Uh. Um, there, there's a, there's some stuff when we get to New York that I think is maybe the most <laughs> like middle-aged man storytelling stuff happening. Um, but like also all of her like cultural references are like hilariously out of date. They talk about the Wizard of Oz. She compares uh Fang to Tonto from the Lone Ranger. It's like, have you <laughs> seen anything from after 1970? Like <laughs> Can I play devil's advocate for just a moment? I know yes. how annoying that is. No, no. They they were cut off from society, right? And raised yeah. by one person mm-hmm. named Jeb. Perhaps mm-hmm. that was their entire frame of reference is that everything that like, cause it's like, you know, your parents like show you stuff, yeah. but then you go to school and your kind of sphere gets bigger because of all of your schoolmates and stuff yeah. that kids are into. And they wouldn't have had that. They would have been stuck with like whatever media curation that Jeb would have given them. I think that that is a really good point. And I would have loved if James Patterson would have perhaps <laughs> written a scene where Jeb is like sitting in his den watching the Lone Ranger or something with Max. Anything like that would really go a long way. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's just if, gonna if, I'm just gonna be full of Maximum Ride Fixits over here <laughs> as a big if, fan. That's a that's a big one. Yeah. If 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 uh if the characters had been developed, like, and 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 maybe this is how we're meant to read it, is that like, th- there's all these things where I'm saying, well, well, you know, you could have developed this about the character, you could have uh, uh, planted this early about the c- character, and and I think maybe if we think of James's like writing philosophy here, you know, where he says like, it just it it just is the outline, right? Then maybe maybe. Maybe this is all like stuff that he 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 thought about and was like, no, doesn't need to be there. The 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 effect is the same at the other end, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, tour's respect. Uh tour's respect. I I, I yeah. This, this is absolutely <laughs> James Patterson has a James <laughs> Patterson style. He he's writing the way he wants to for sure. Okay, back into my mind palace. What what's what's happening next? What happens next? Oh, um, while Max is with Dr. Martinez, Nudge and Fang hang out with some birds, and uh, the birds teach them how to fly better. That's right. Because birds know how to fly. (laughs) That is a really long sequence, but that is the upshot of it, is, uh... Is they they hang out with some hawks, they're a little scared at first, but then the hawks teach them how to do cool, cool flying moves. Now... I, I feel like I missed something here. Is this, like, figurative? Like, they were hanging out around some hawks and they just sort of noticed stuff? Or or are we meant to understand that Fang or Nudge can, like, literally communicate with these creatures? That, that um, feels a little unexplored, even for this book here. Honest to God, before you asked me that question, I was going to cut in saying that this was my first confused moment. Mostly whether uh, it was literal or figurative. Yeah. I have I'm, no clue. I genuinely don't have an answer for this. I, 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 it, 
it, it's a long sequence, but we don't actually see, for for as much as this book is things happening, this is like one thing we don't actually see happening. Nudge just sort of declares at one point that the Hawks taught them this stuff. Um, once she's met back up with uh, Max and and when Iggy and Gasman show up after blowing those guys up, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't like if anyone knows how that happened let, let us know because i i couldn't quite parse that one maybe maybe birds are hyper intelligent in the in the maximum ride universe yeah 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 i mean i'd be i'd be for it you know because i i like them talking to birds would be a cool thing if they have like bird dna right like that's silly but that's like a fun power <laughs> i might that would- add that before i add something like underwater breathing for example <laughs> ESP, like or ESP. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Or a talking the, dog. A to- the, and the dog can double jump. Also, they have a dog. Right. The dog can talk. <laughs> so they they all meet up basically, and 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 they all have newfound resolve uh, to to continue onward to rescue Angel, Angel who is who is so perfect. And so innocent and and must be rescued. But it turns out that Jeb is the one behind it all along. Uh, Angel has been having Angel's been having a horrible time at the school. They've been doing experiments on her. She's been overhearing all kinds of creepy, creepy talk from the from the scientists. She keeps hearing about the mysterious institute. But but Jeb is there. And that's and that's really that's really you know sad and scary for her. And then uh, Max and uh, Fang and all of them they get they get washed by Ari and the Erasers and and kind of end up back back in the school back in jail back where they started. So Jeb and Max can have this heart to heart. And once again, I must ask you, mm-hmm. uh, the one who who read these before me and read a little further ahead. Am I supposed to not have any fucking idea what Jeb's talking about? Um, <laughs> you'll have to refresh my memory about what he talks about. So, Max is mad, and he's, of course, doing the villainy, like, like, oh, I know, I know you must be so mad at me, um, but you have to understand, and it's okay if you hate me, like, 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 that kind of thing. And he's like, you have to save the world. And actually, that that part wasn't so confusing. That that was kind of like in line with like typical, like action movie villain stuff, right? It's like no, no, yeah. this is all for the this is all for the greater good. So I was assuming like, sure. oh, he's like he's like breeding a perfect bird warrior to like save the earth or something. That that sounds like something a, a mad scientist would do in one of these. Um, but the the part that I don't understand is during this conversation and also once they escape like two seconds later after the conversation mm-hmm. happens, um, he, he, he's like, don't you understand this? The, all of this is a test. This was all a test. Come back. And I, I'm like, what was the test? What, what's the, what, what's the, con- I, I feel like there's like some sort of conceit that he seems to think is obvious that is totally lost on me. Um, as to like what his what the setup is here. That's such a good question. 
Um, are you supposed to understand? Uh, yeah. No. I, I, no. Okay. Okay. Will you ever understand? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. But no. Yeah. No. Because there's there's the I I'm I'm used to and open to the classic villain thing of like <gasps> oh don't you you know I'm I'm misunderstood this is this is. This is hard, I know, but it's for, you know, it's it's to save the world. I couldn't think of any other way. Like, I, I get that villain, right? Like, that's common. That's a fun, sure. often a fun conceit. What I don't understand is that the way he's talking about it, and even the way Max is reacting to it, kind of, it makes it feel like I missed a chunk of conversation where he, like, says that, like, um, I have to, like, I, I'm doing X to <clears throat> but it's so we can do Y, but that's not really what he says. He's like, I know that it sucks that we're doing X to you. Completely unrelated to X, one day you will Y is sort of like the vibe of the conversation. And I was real I was like flipping back and forth, like, what what's the plan? What is his what's he trying to do? Is there something that she's refusing to accept about? I, I just, just just couldn't quite understand what the what the big moment here meant. Uh, other than him saying like you're special and you're gonna save the world, but he yeah. doesn't say like because of what I've done to you or anything like that. Right. I mean, that's the kind of um, it's everything with Jeb is sort of that way where you feel like you missed a prequel. <laughs> yes. Right. Like it's like there was a book that existed that you don't have. It's like it got cut from James Patterson's outline. Right. Yeah. Well, because and it made me wonder. Like, is this stuff that would, and, and I know that he said at the beginning of the book that the lake house is unrelated, but like, is this a character or a like version of a character from the lake house that, that I might recognize reading this after that? But it, it as is, it is just, uh, it really feels like there is just a piece missing here and not in a like intriguing way. It's in a like, huh? Like, did I miss? At no point does he say he 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 cops to the fact that like yes what i'm doing to you sucks but he never says like but it'll pay off at some point the payoff that he's telling her about just seems utterly unrelated he won't tell her like look we need to jab you full of these needles and stuff so we can give you like a, a you know you're going to have like a gun arm or something right like the it, it it's like it's like watching a it's like watching a version of like a mech anime where like they want the guy to get in the robot, but you don't actually need to get in the robot <laughs> to like fight anything. It's like, no, we just want you to do that. Like it's cool. It's cause it's cool. It's, it's, it's like, there's a piece missing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a piece missing. It will stay missing. Okay. <laughs> Jeb, Jeb is like, cause the, cause he, this, this is a very, this is a very self-indulgent, um, uh, a point of reference here, but like, yeah, I, you know who I'm thinking of when I think of like the cool version of this character, right? Sure. Is is Cubay? Yeah. 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 From Madoka. Yeah. That that's like a version of this where it's like, oh, he's mysterious and nefarious and like obviously thinking several steps ahead and 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 using these characters. But I like I there's like an there's like a sense of intrigue there. There's a like, okay, I I know this, but does the care when's the character gonna realize it? And what is the what is the what is being asked of the character, right? 
and and like what is being promised to them and and that's pretty clear in like Madoka, and it's not very clear here. That's a very specific thing for me to reach for, but it's like that that's the first one that popped into my head of like this sort of like evil the 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 evil Charlie's Angels guy, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that like the villains in Maximum Ride um spend a lot of time implying things that you sort of reach for from other franchises because it all sounds really familiar, right? It's <laughs> like archetypes that you can kind of point to and be like, oh. That's like Kyubei from Madoka, but they never, <laughs> they never are realized at all. Like, I, I mean, I guess spoilers for the original trilogy, but it sort of takes it all and triangulates some sort of message about climate change, some kind of message about like corporations, and then, but there's just a piece missing always. It's like the, <laughs> and then... And then yep. it never, it never, it never pulls them together or says anything, and that's the that's the James Patterson special right there. This this whole book felt like. Have you ever listened to like one of those like, uh, like joke remixes of like a song where like the the like the riser before the dubstep drop or whatever just like gets extended way out forever. And then like, they never get to the drop. That's what this book feels like. Okay. So what does that say about me that I sat down and read <laughs> fucking four and a half of these? Well, cause the was- riser is cool. Like, you know, the, you can't get to the drop without the riser. So like the riser is cool, you know, yeah, but you know, the drops never coming. But what if it's never it does? gonna happen? What if it but does? But what if it though? does? But what if it does I, the, though? The most recent one of these books came out in 2021. So what if it <laughs> the does? The drop still hasn't happened. What if the drop happens in <laughs> this talk? <laughs> this ride 2021. <laughs> this series has been going for 17 years and the drop still hasn't happened. But but here's the thing: what if it's a really good drop when it happens? If the rise has been so long, so the drop must be crazy. <laughs> oh my god. So they escape again. And they have Angel. Angel, perfect, beautiful angel, perfect, wonderful, magical angel is safe once more. Um, but she's saying some sort of like mysterious stuff about how she heard that there's another lab like the school in New York City. That's great because we have a lot of pages to go. That's we have we have many many pages to go at this point, and and we. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about the fucking New York stuff. It is this is so I I think honestly saying that this book is like all riser maybe too much credit. With this is just like another book that starts happening for like half of the novel. Um they decide to fly to New York to 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 go to this mysterious institute to see if they can find any any more uh, clues about what's going on, who their parents are, what 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 Jeb's deal is, anything it's sort of vague. There there's not like one single like clue or question driving them. They just sort of have like a whole bunch. And uh, when they get to New York, I was like, oh, this is cute. We're gonna get like a chapter of them just doing some fun New York stuff. Um, what I was not prepared for is that that is the bulk of the rest of the novel. <laughs> <laughs> 
They land. They uh, they watch a concert in Central Park. The Taylor Twins. The Taylor Twins. The Taylor Twins. And I was really excited because I googled the Taylor Twins because I was like, "Oh, is this like a band that that James Patterson is like recommending?" And there is a band called the Taylor Twins, but they're like from a couple years ago, so it's not the same as as the one in Maxim Ride, which is apparently just a just a fictional band made up for the novel. Uh when the new Taylor twins made their band, do you think they forgot to Google their name before they made the band? Do you think that they like Maximum Ride? Oh. Cause I think that the fandom is still kinda out there, you know? Oh, they're out there. They're out there. There 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 are still the flock the flock lives. Um yeah, so, and they okay. all hate James Patterson. <laughs> they all fucking hate James Patterson. I love I love that there's like there's so many media franchises now where like everyone is still like sort of holding on to it and they just fucking hate the person responsible <laughs> for it. It's really funny. Oh. So they're in New York and they don't know what to do they like they know that it's in new york but they don't know where they honestly don't even know if it's in new york city they just sort of have a hunch um uh uh but you know there's there's one point where like nudge is like did you you mean like new york like upstate is it is it new york city it could be anywhere and they, they don't really know um so they walk around, they get some honey roasted peanuts. There are like several pe- chapters about how good the peanuts are, which is. And you mean literally several chapters because yes. the chapters are a page long. Yeah, the chapters are like a page, page and a half long. They are taking a lot of chapters to talk about um, honey roasted peanuts and hot dogs and uh, uh, all the other street food that they're enjoying. <laughs> they go to they they get chased by erasers at some point so like they they you know they know that erasers are here but there's a there's a mysterious new quirk happening uh, as they were flying to New York um and sort of continuing through the New York chapters Max has been having these like m- sudden migraines that like give her like like mysterious images mm-hmm. and and she doesn't know what the deal is but then uh, uh as she Walks by like electronic stores and like uh, uh, signs in 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 Times Square and whatnot. They're all changing to say like Hel- "Hello Max" and other creepy stuff like that. Um, so she has That's like cool. A, it's it, it's honestly the coolest part of the book is is this this early uh, 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 like who is this mysterious communicator stuff. I'm I'm always a sucker for this kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, like, yeah, she walks through Times Square and all the ads change to, like, hello, hello Max. It's a good, cool, cool. It's very cinematic. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I like this part. You know what? By the way, you you, you say cinematic, and, and you just reminded me, we, we do have the movie to watch, but do you want to know something tragic about the movie? What? It only adapts the first half of the Angel Experiment. How? How is that possible? <laughs> So Are I'm you really, joking me? No, I'm not kidding. That is the that is a description on Wikipedia. Hello? So we didn't even get a full maximum ride. What novel is the first what, what happens in the first half? <laughs> so it's it's literally just got to be they they uh Angel gets kidnapped, they fly, Max gets distracted, and then they get kidnapped and escape again. 
No fucking way. <laughs> that's gotta be it. That's got unless they like really shuffle it around. That's Wait, all that can why, be. In. Is this why it's less than a tight ninety? <laughs> no, oh, that's why? right. It's like a it's like a tight eighty two or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's like <laughs> one hour and twenty eight minutes. Oh, this could have been a four hour epic. <laughs> This is this is so sad because this is the thing that I want to see. I want to see her walk through through Times Square and have all the ads like talk to her. That's fucking yeah. cool. I want to see the Taylor twins. They could get Taylor Swift <laughs> and then do the like fucking parent trap technology on her. Oh shit! Two Taylors. <laughs> uh, so so they know that the erasers are there, but the the voice sort of like helps them escape. So there's kind of like a. A little bit of like an uneasy alliance now between Max and this voice in her head. First, they go to St. Patrick's Cathedral after the eraser. They get away from the erasers, and and there's also like, hold on, I, I, the or the order of this is a complete jumble in my mind. I think I'm entirely making this order up. Actually, doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> they do go to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and we get another. We get a completely out of character rumination on religion and and like peace and what that means like 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 max just starts spouting james pattersonisms about the cathedral beautiful you know she doesn't really believe in it but it's very it's very pretty or whatever like that that, that's that's a that that's that's kind of what we get there um nothing about the fact that there's like a lot of birds on it which i think would because like that would be cool i was thinking reading this is like that would be cool if like that was their hideout Mm mm-hmm yeah, oh, there's there's like angels living in the cathedral. That's like a cool image, you know? There's like bird mutants and people keep seeing them around the cathedral. It's like, oh, maybe there's angels there. That's cute. Nothing like that happens. Now, because, to- this, because these books are so in one ear and out the other, yeah. do they ever talk about looking like angels? No, angel is named angel. Um, right. And that is, I think, the extent of it. Huh. Th- them going to a cathedral, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get some stuff about the angel imagery." Surely, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, and again, that's sort of what comes with the territory of like, "Oh, you're gonna save," you know, "you're gonna save the world, Max." So, like, I know that James Patterson knows, right? Like, this isn't an accident. It's just never, never matters to the writing, right? Like, it's it's it, it's it's entirely. You, you you can make the connection. You can Pepe Sylvia it together uh, 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 just through pattern recognition, but it doesn't matter to the story in any in in any thematic sense. Um, which is very funny. no. He, he left he left that one to the book clubs. No, it's all it's all themes. It's all it's, excuse me. It's no themes. It's all there's facts. no themes. <laughs> all facts. All facts. Um, so after that, they go to FAO Schwartz, although it's called, like, something fake, and I don't understand why it's a fake FAO Schwartz, because they immediately, in the chapter, start listing real brand names about, like, Lego and Furby <laughs> and shit. Um, so, so they go to, I'm trying to remember, what's their, what's their fake, what's their fake FAO Schwartz? It doesn't matter, I'm getting distracted. This book is gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> it's the uh, AFO Schmidt. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so uh, they they go to this giant toy store. They're so amazed by it. Um, oh, I, I, I they don't have. Oh no, they don't have the bank card. I'm. You can hear my brain like falling apart trying to trying to piece this all together. So mm-hmm. 
they they find Angel finds a bear, a, a big white teddy bear. And Angel is like, this is so pretty. I love I love this bear. Its name is <laughs> Celeste. Can I have it? And Max has to be like, no, we don't have money. Um, you got to put it back. And so Angel goes and like talks to uh, just a just a random other shopper uh, uh, by the counter, and the woman buys her the bear. And Max is like, how did that happen? What did you say to her? And she said, oh, no, I, I just asked her with my mind. And so na- now we're getting into, ooh, Angel's evil. Angel's got Uh-oh. evil. Maybe, maybe Angel... Maybe Angel isn't perfect and good. Maybe Angel is 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 evil and nasty, um, because she, now when she wants stuff, she starts like doing like Akira powers on people, right? Um, <laughs> which is very scary. Um, I that doesn't matter in this book in the slightest, but it's just it was the first moment of like, oh, that's a question. There's a question happening here. What is what is Angel's deal now? Yeah. Um, very interesting moment. Is that as someone who has read the book, is this going to matter? I don't remember. <laughs> I think so, but then I think like everything else, it's like it matters, and then oh, just kidding, and then oh, it matters again. Just kidding, forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, this is the this is the question that has lingered with me because I think um, compare. <laughs> And this is this is like the str- the the most load bearing like comparatively I've ever stated, but like comparatively, this is like the most subtle clue being planted in this book. I think because it's something that doesn't have it. For one, uh, Angel does this in the middle of the chapter. It's not as like a stinger at the end. If you've not read this book, I I, I do think it's important to for me to 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 explain that like all of these little twists all of these important moments that we've been talking about these all happen like with almost with no exception uh in the last sentence of every chapter cuz every chapter is like one or two pages long uh, and the end of every chapter is almost in the exact same rhythm of like da 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 da, da, da line break important thing uh, that makes you that, that changes what you just read, right? Like that's that is this book's style, and you just get a hundred and fifty of those. That is the entire book, and so Angel doing this like mid chapter as sort of just like normal action, even though it obviously incredibly sticks out. And Max even goes like, "Whoa, is is Angel using evil powers?" It feels like <laughs> it feels refreshingly subtle. Yeah. It does keep coming up. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So that's the thing I was curious about. Cause I was like, uh, it, it, it's so different and it's so unlike every other important clue twist, whatever thing in this book that I was like, I was almost wondering like, was this an accident? Was this just a one-off joke about her no. powers? Cause, cause it, the is, thing is, it is part of a wider storyline. Okay. Cause the thing is, is there are other moments that are similar to this that totally are just one-off moments. Like, fucking her having gills or whatever. Like. <laughs> hey, that could still come up. I don't know. I haven't read Maximum Ride 2021. The riser is still rising. Maybe mm-hmm. the drop's coming. Maybe the drop will be good. So, Erasers kind of start sniffing around again. 
uh, am tired of it. And she, a- Max asks the, the voice in her head for some advice. And the voice is like, you know, if you, if you can solve this taxi puzzle that I have set up, <laughs> you can have a bank card with money on it. Would that help? Um, and so they get away from the erasers, they get the card, uh, and so Max now has access to unlimited funds, and everyone is fucking fed up. They don't know where the Institute is, they don't know what they're doing, they don't know where to go, where to look, and Gasman is just like, I, th- he, he just has a little temper tantrum, because he's fucking eight years old, he's a little kid, and Max is like, what can I do to make you happy? And he wants to eat at a proper restaurant now that they have this bank card. And so they go to a restaurant called, like, the Garden Grove or Garden something. Tavern. Garden Tavern. And they order a, a bunch of food uh, in, a, in a comedic scene. They're just, like, saying, oh, I'll have the... I'll have the the giant steak and I'll have, we'll have this and, and nudge has decided randomly that she's a vegetarian. And so she orders a, or, or, or actually, no, that's at the, that's at the McDonald's that they go to earlier. So she, she, she decides she's vegetarian and she orders a burger with no burger on it and just has like mm-hmm. a, like a cheese sandwich. But, but so they're ordering a ton of food and the waiter is like, I'm going to ask my manager about this and brings the manager over and the manager's like, okay, kids, haha, very funny, but you've got to go. They cause a huge scene and I 100% believe that this has to be a parody of some restaurant that, that James Patterson had a bad experience in. <laughs> I, it I is have... weirdly fixated on this, like, horrible waiter. Yeah, it is, it is like, <laughs> it is, like, like, the scene works, like, it's, it, it's not... It's not bad or anything, because, you know, it's like, oh, they're a bunch of weird, scraggly teens. They're clearly not dressed for this fancy restaurant. Uh, uh, they're ordering a suspicious amount of food, but like the, the, the amount that it focuses on this waiter who is named, the waiter is named. Right. And I, and I can't remember the name. I, I don't know if I highlighted this or not, but the, like the waiter is named and like the manager is Jason. also, it's yes, Jason. J- Jason, the waiter, so much focus on them and what jerks they are and how rude they were to these customers. that It really just feels like so many things about this book. This sequence in particular feels like James Patterson just like airing some grievances, which is where his voice really comes out in 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 this. Like, there's a there's a scene a little before this where a, like a cop comes over and hassles Max because she's um, climbing a tree in Central Park, and they're like, and and there's this very specific thing that she says in her narration where she's like. Oh yeah, because these guys don't have any bigger crimes to be <laughs> taken care of in New York City. Which is <laughs> to be clear, not not taking the cop side here, but that is never a political argument. That is always someone who is like got pulled over for not signaling and is like, oh sure, you're not taking care of the serial killer. You're killing you're, you're pulling me over. <laughs> Did James Patterson have like a a terrible day trip to New York City and and like go to Olive Garden with a jerk waiter and then get hassled by the cops? You guys should be stopping 9/11 too. <laughs> Why are you bothering me? I'm James Patterson. I don't know. He he lived in New York for a long time. He was born there. He lived there for a long time. Um so I a lot of this New York stuff is very very much feels like coasting you know what i mean like 
we're just hitting every New York guy thing here where we've got like, whoa, there's, 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 there's the, there's the punks and the freaks and the, the cops and the hot dog guys. And wow, it's a big apple. (laughs) The the flock escapes this restaurant after kind of causing the scene, the cops get called and they have to fly away. And of course people take pictures of this and the, publication that like drives them out of New York because it, it's too hot for them to be there while they've got their wings and shit is um, the New York post, which again, another real publication. Mm. And I, I poked around cause I was like, I was wondering if maybe the New York post like trashed a James Patterson book Uh-oh. and that's why they're kind of cast as a villain here, you know? I mean, like, you know, the New York Post is like an infamous, like, rag, but like, it's, it's, it's like, so much of, of this, it feels very personal and not political, right? Because there's also a part where they go to the zoo. I completely forgot about the fucking zoo. Speaking of yeah. stuff that, like, similar, just like the cathedral, like, should be very, like, themes heavy moment, right? Like, they're looking at animals in cages. And and there there's like a little bit of it where like Fang and Max sort of like talk about like oh we should free them no like and where would they go like they're, they're just just a bunch of animals running around New York so there's almost a little bit of that but like <laughs> they get into the zoo because it's like it's like school field trip day and some like cops are like guarding the zoo and so they won't let the erasers in but they think that the flock are are part of the school and there's a part where Max is just like thank you boys in blue. Cops are good most of the time when they are uh, stopping stopping bad guys from getting into the zoo, but they're annoying when they when they hassle me for climbing on trees. Like just not, no no politics <laughs> here. It's purely based on whether or not they're like helping Max or not. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, this this really just. I think you're right. Yeah, he had a bad he had a bad day in New York at some point, uh, and and wrote about it. Okay, but it was epic when they uh, freaking flew out of that restaurant. It was pretty cool. Like, that's that's the moment you want when you've got the mutants with wings, right? Is you want the big, you know, you, 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 you I'm so mad that we didn't get the, the movie of the whole book. Because that's the scene you want to see, right? Like. That's the scene I wanted to see, yeah. I want to see, you know, what, what, you know, you set it to like. I don't know, like bad reputation or something, just something easy. And then you just have like a, some, some fun hijinks of them smashing the place up and flying out. Easy. Yeah. Movies are easy. This shit's easy, but no. What was Jenna of- Marbles thinking? <laughs> Why only the first half? Anyway. Uh, so they go to the Jersey shore to lie low for a little while. Angel drowns, except she doesn't. Turns out she has gills. Um, <laughs> This really is. Let me. You know what? I'm gonna find that. I need. I. I think. I think we do need to just read this particular. Uh, so I, I won't read the whole thing because by uh, maximum ride standards, it's a very long chapter, three pages. Um, but uh, here's here's the highlights. Uh, we had covered a big circle, maybe thirty yards out, and still there was no sign of her. My angel. I glanced back at the shore. Is it, hold on, wait. Let's get the. I glanced back at the shore as if I could see would see her walking out onto the sand towards Celeste, who waited for her by a piece of driftwood. Endless minutes ticked by. I could feel the undertow pulling at my whole body. I couldn't stop picturing Angel's body being pulled out to sea. Her eyes wide with terror. Had we had come so far only to lose her now? Uh, <laughs> then skipping ahead a little bit. 
Hundreds of yards away, a small, wet cornrowed head popped up out of the water. I stared. Angel stood up in waist-high water and waved at us. Angel, I could barely whisper, unbelieving, when I was finally close enough. Angel, where were you? Guess what, she said happily. I can breathe underwater. <laughs> That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> this book's insane. Guess what? It is insane. <laughs> this is... You tricked me. Uh, I did. You tricked me and it worked. Oh. <laughs> um, so they're fucking around. They're just, they don't know what they're doing. Um, they're questioning whether they even, you know, are going to continue this mission. Maybe they can just chill uh, on the beach forever and live like this, eating potato chips and cookies and swimming with their underwater breathing. Um, but then who should show up but the leader of the Erasers, once more, Ari, uh, who is the, the, the head werewolf. Um, and he kind of kicks the crap out of them a whole bunch. And he has like a whole army. It describes it as like an army of male models um, in suits. <laughs> yeah. Which is very funny. And, and do you think that the image, the primary image of the Erasers is supposed to be like the agents from the Matrix? Oh, maybe. That's got to be it, right? Because it, it describes them as, as this little island that they're on as having like hundreds of dudes in suits on it. And I, I, I was just like, this has to just be he watched The Matrix a year before writing this and was like, damn, that was cool. And there were like a hundred Hugo Weavings hanging out. But that's that. This was just like the most two thousands ass image in this book to me. Oh, definitely. Fair enough. Um. Anyway, Ari kicks their ass, but Jeb is there to stay his hand. Um, and kind of, try, I guess, try to bargain with with uh, with Max. So, you know, come come in. We're gonna see you're special. We're gonna save the world. Blah blah blah. Uh, here is where I think <clears throat> something has finally actually slipped out of my mind entirely. Mm -hmm. Why does he let them go? Or how do they get away? I genuinely don't remember how they get away from this one. Do they just fly away? I think they might just fly away. I they think, might just fly away. I think they just fly away. We're going to say they fly away. I genuinely don't remember. And I, 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 I did not think... I, because this is the thing. This is how this book gets you. Is that I remember all of the like... The twists, anything that isn't like gearing up to like a twist or or reveal, just has just like exited my brain. Basically, I think what it's supposed to be doing is it's supposed to be raising the question. That's like, does Jeb care about her? Yeah, is is, is that he why really? she's not? She's not. He's like she's not going to be killed by them. So he must he must care about her in yeah, some he capacity. What are his real motives? Yeah, yeah. What's what's going on here? Um, I completely skipped over a, uh, very important character in the New York sequence, by the way, but it's okay. Cause we're going back to him so we can talk about him now. Sure. In the subway at one point, they meet a, a guy who has a laptop who is just like a wack. He's a wacky, crazy guy. And he keeps telling Max, get away. You're, you're, you're interfering with my hard drive and other like sort of not really, <laughs> real tech things to her um he talks about how like oh i was at i was at the you know i was i was at the university but they kicked me out because i wasn't taking my meds isn't that hilarious but there's this 
this very weird pivot with this because he seems like a stand-up guy. And uh, f- f- like th- this chapter, the first half of his introduction really feels like it's saying like, oh, you know, it's, it's clumsy, but it's like, oh, he's like, you know, he's this misunderstood guy, but, 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 but we, but we should accept him. And then as soon as Max talks to him a little more, he just does the, like, other, he just does the other cartoon crazy guy thing and is like, oh, the CIA is broadcasting to my, to my teeth. I gotta go, you know, just, just so <laughs> I genuinely have no idea what, what we are supposed to make of this guy. It's very tiresome either way, but it's, uh. Oh, there's no themes. There's no <laughs> politics. Yeah. Don't even don't even think about it. Anyway, so he, he the 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 important thing about him is that this is how she figures out that the chip inside her arm is uh is is where the voice is coming from. How she didn't really figure that out uh immediately. <laughs> I am it's very... also not true. Wait, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're right. Until oh. it's not. Oh, I'm okay. just I'm just interjecting. <laughs> You have knowledge from the future. I do. Sorry. I've been trying to keep most of it back, but <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, cause the, cause the, yeah, he's like, do you have any electronic devices on you? And they're like, no, we have no cell phones. We're very low tech. And then she goes, wait, I have a microchip in my arm. And he, he says, Oh, get away from me. Scary. You're one of them. Then runs away. Um, but but they're like looking at his laptop and they they sort of like figure out that like some of these like images and her like weird migraines are are like a map and so they figure out that they got to go to 51st street um and of course what better way to get there than uh to come up from below so they travel through the sewers we get a sewer adventure in this book sewer level sewer level we get the fucking sewer level yeah um I uh, I was bracing for a Ninja Turtles reference this whole time, and it never came. I think that that must have been post uh, uh, James Patterson watching TV. Bummer. Anyway, uh, they find this this door, a secret maintenance uh, hatch that they can get into to um, uh, 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 make their way inside the institute. Um, and so here I was reading this book. Um, uh, my, 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 my ebook app was telling me, Hey, you've got 15% of this book left. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to find some crazy stuff in here. Of course, I did not realize that the last 10% of that was acknowledgements and ads for the next book in the series and other Daniel X. (laughs) Daniel X. Do you have have an excerpt from Daniel X in the back of yours? I, I do indeed. Um, uh, so I think that there's literally 5% of the book left. So Mm -hmm. they, they, they walk in to this secret maintenance hatch, um, and they're in like a computer lab and they're just there. Uh, so they, uh, are like, great, we can get some important information about the, the mysterious program that we're part of from this. Oh, wait, we don't have the password for any of these computers. Then Nudge says, try this. And she she lists the password. Turns out she's right. Uh, just, like, just like Angel, she has developed a new power. <laughs> in, just just in, the, in the nick of time, uh, uh, this new power that lets her touch stuff. And like, uh, I guess she gets, th- this is someone else's power from something. And I'm forgetting what it is. Do you, 
Do you remember? Doesn't ring a bell. No. I swear to God, there is something from around this time where, like, the character's major power was that, like, they could touch something and, like, they absorbed its entire history. But I don't Mm. remember. This is going to drive me nuts. I can't remember. Uh... Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's what, that's what happens. Then, as they are, 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 are digging through all the files on the computer, they're printing stuff um, and, and, you know, just grabbing it. They're, they're we're going to escape. We're going to get all this info. Uh, Gaz discovers that there is a big curtain behind them in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> this is all taking place in the same room. Um, in, in the Mysterious Institute, no time to, like, explore the facility. Everything is just concentrated in this one room by the subway. (laughs) Um, they open the curtain, and what should be there but a bunch of other rejected mutant children. Oh, no, this is so sad. Um, Fang is like, wow, that's really fucked up. Uh, anyway, we should go. Um, but Max realizes that she knows what the right thing to do in the situation is. And she goes, no, we have to set them free. And he's like, no, be like, what did I tell you at the zoo? Uh, you know, where would they go? What would they do? And she's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And the voice in her head also encourages her to do this. Um, so all of a sudden this becomes a prison escape sequence where they, <laughs> where they are ushering all of these uh, half, half animal, half, half human, children out there is so i i gotta say this book is um fairly gruesome um yeah yeah bracket in in some kind of cool ways do you do you do you remember any of the like the 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 nasty creatures that they describe here i remember it kind of being fucked up but i don't remember the specifics my my favorite one is um there's like a serval or like a caracal i think like one of the you know kind of like those big cats um, mm-hmm. That looks normal until they get closer and they realize that instead of claws, it has human fingers and then it opens its eyes and they're human eyes, which is really uh, cool. That's spooky. That's creepy. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's a little bit of like gnarly body horror stuff in here. And, and all mm-hmm. of these fight sequences that we've been having too are like pretty, like, they're pretty brutal. Um, uh, guys are, I mean, for one thing, I mean, guys are dying in this, in this book. Like, like they, yeah, they, they are, are, they are blowing guys up and killing them and people are getting shot with guns or getting their necks broken. Um, and I, 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 I do think there is one thing that is sort of interesting about this, this book. And I think it has more to do with the fact that it moves at a million miles an hour and it's an action movie than like any real philosophy of like storytelling or anything here, but I, there is a, are a couple of moments where these characters like kill someone and then feel bad about it for like a paragraph. And then they remember like, but then I thought about like all the bad shit he did to me. And I was like, actually this is fine. And they move on. Um, that's right. And I, I really liked that just for like, I, I, you know, n- n- nothing against a story where someone like, you know, processes the weight of what they've done or whatever, but it, there, there's something refreshing about reading one of these where a character like kills a guy who has been making their life miserable. And then it's just like, you know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> like works for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least, at least that is, um, Interesting to see in a in a in a children's book, you know. That's that that's uh, 
that's an interesting, interesting uh, uh, tactic or, or 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 take, I guess, for a for a children's book. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked, I did appreciate that. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, they're escaping. Uh, but who should be there to stop them? But Ari, he's back again for the fifth time. Um, and uh, they have a a crazy martial arts fight in the sewer tunnels. Um, uh, and this has, I think, maybe the stupidest, like, twist for the sake of twist moment in it. Or this isn't even <laughs> really a twist, but this is, like, the, the, what, clearly what James Patterson is good at is just drilling down to, like, the, the basic emotions. What emotions am I going to make the reader feel, right? Uh-huh. Um, and... During the fight, there's this whole there's this whole thing where, uh, uh, you know, it's talking about how like Ari is just so messed up at fighting. Like he's so good, he's so strong, he's kicking the shit out of Max, and he's gonna make her hurt. And she's like, he he's like gloating at her, and he's like threatening her, and he's he's uh he's he's doing the villain thing of talking about like oh I'm I'm gonna enjoy this ah like just 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 evil uh-huh. guy stuff. Um, I, I'm just going to read these, like, two paragraphs from, like, the middle of the fight and the end of it. Yeah. Um, Ari punched me again, and I thought I heard a rib crack. He was taking me apart bit by bit. Why did he hate me so much? Why did all of the erasers hate us? Yes, Maximum, I am enjoying this. I want it to last a long, long time. I was his punching bag now, and there was nothing I could do about it. You can't imagine the hurt and the pain or his strength and the fury aimed at me. Okay, so Ari's a pretty bad dude, right? Yeah. Seems seems well established here. Uh now uh Max karate kicks him so hard he dies. Ari's neck <laughs> slammed against the hard side of the tunnel. I heard a horrible stomach stomach turning crack that vibrated on my arms. Ari and I stared at each other in shock. You really hurt me, he gasped Raleigh, terribly terrible surprise in his voice. I wouldn't hurt you, not like this. Then his head flopped down and he went totally limp. His eyes rolled up in the white showed. <laughs> okay so like (laughs) i get that this is supposed to be like wow what have you you know what how far has she gone but he was literally doing the same thing to her a page ago so yeah because he doesn't understand the consequences of his actions (laughs) except he talks about them a lot yeah it's he doesn't know what he's doing except when he says exactly what he's doing (laughs) that that is a very that that is such a clear like character is just voice like like the the intention of the author is just coming through the character voice there like you should feel this now right uh very clumsy moment i think but it was cool that she kicked him so hard he died i thought that was kind of awesome yeah, yeah. Um, and that's and and twists upon twists because after that, Jeb is like, "You killed my son," and then he's like, "You killed your brother." Um, which was a very interesting. <sighs> I so I I'm meant to understand that as like, oh, I'm your biological dad, right? Because they've been talking about Jeb being their dad the whole book and that's right. why his betrayal sucks so bad and then for for our for for 
Ari to die and that have that shake Max to her core. Like, oh my god, is that true? Is this another one of his tricks? Or it's like, well, well, he would be though if that if if you consider Jeb your father, then Ari would be your brother. Sort of a sloppy. It's a, that's a confusing thing to make a twist in your found family story. You know, right? Um, because if it's the biological part that matters, then then I, I I guess that makes sense. But if it doesn't, which is what the book seems to be positing all the way through, it's a little that's a that's kind of a clumsy a clumsy reveal. I do and, and and a moment that I didn't really realize meant was meant to be a reveal until she continued talking about it in the next chapter. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, going through the motions of a common reveal, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't make sense in. I was going to say the themes as if there were any, but <laughs> whatever bare bones of themes there yeah. are, it does not um, match up with. Yeah, and and it is also crucially not the twist the book ends on because after you know they've let they've let all these these other mutants free, they're escaped, uh, uh, they're on the run again, and they have all this new information that they printed out from from the from the secret room that had the, all the computers and the mutants in it. <laughs> Um, yep. They're looking through their, uh, uh, Gaz finds his parents. Uh, it, there's, there's, I think the, the most genuine laugh that I had reading this book was Gaz announcing to Iggy, cause he's reading the paper for him. He's like, uh, okay, here's you. Oh, uh, here are your parents. Oh, your mom's dead. So sorry about that. But Hey, you've got a dad, <laughs> which is like very funny. <laughs> Just a very good sequence of lines. Um, But then uh, it turns out that during the escape, Angel has acquired a new friend. Uh, uh, Not just Celeste joining us on this journey. There is now a dog that she has named Total. Um, And uh, uh, he appears to be, unlike all the other mutants, just kind of a normal dog. And they're all a little suspicious. They're like... Okay, well, mutant dog from the institute, that seems a little bad to keep around. Maybe it's going to kill us when we're asleep or something. Um, but uh Angel makes her 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 her, you know, puppy dog eyes at them and they're like, "Ah, okay. You can keep you can keep the dog, but you've got to take care of it." The classic classic scene. Mm-hmm. And then the dog jumps 16 feet in the air. <laughs> um, and that's where the book ends. That's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. The dog the can end. double jump. Yep. <laughs> I read the end of the book after you mentioned that, and I'm still confused on this double jump because <laughs> I specifically remember in the next book or so it being a like conflict that happens scene to scene where the dog can't fly. Um, so they're like flying with the dog and like, oh no, the dog got dropped. Someone dived to catch the dog. Um, <laughs> oh, the dog thought it was going to die because it was falling through the air and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm so fucking confused about the end of the first book now. I guess it's just a really big jump. Uh, yeah, but-, but even at the end, the characters are like, oh, like reacting to it. Like, oh, 
as if that means something. Oh, like it's still I mean, up there, you know? Like, like it, yes, I don't know what their react. I mean, I guess it's it would be weird to see a dog jump that high, but they, there seems to be some significance behind it, and I don't know what it is. That's the, the that's its mutant power, I guess. But it's, it jumps really high. He must just have very powerful muscles and bones. Okay, <laughs> but but you're right. There's no like. It's the, it's not like a reveal of like what creature he's he's crossed over with, right, or anything like that. Right, because I know the reveal. The reveal is that he can talk, <laughs> but they act like there's a they reveal. Have a dog. The dog can talk. <laughs> they act like there's a reveal in the first book. Yes, but nothing happens. He just jumps really high. Sixteen feet is really high. I guess. Like I, I'd be worried that the dog would die when it landed. You know. It's a nonsense power, right? Because, like, underwater breathing, oh, you have gills, right? Like, wings, mm-hmm. bird. Actually, now that I think about it, I guess that Nudge's power is that she can touch stuff and, um, like, absorb <laughs> the history, and I don't think there's any animal that does that. So, we, and, and really what this, the, the twist here is that the book is stupid, and that it just, just anything goes. <laughs> the, the, the powers can be anything. The powers are... You can jump 16 feet in the air, and you can control people with your mind. <laughs> this, is a, this is a book where every idea made it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, I, I am still... There, if, there is, if there's one thing I'm never going to forget about this book... Um, even though most of it is just like, you know, falling like sand through the hourglass through my brain right now. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the end, the end where the dog jumps 16 feet in the air and that's the end of the book is I'm never going to forget that. I am never going to forget that the (laughs) book just ends and there's no, not a single thing gets resolved in this book. Um, no. (laughs) <laughs> they rescue Angel. They they do rescue Angel. That's true. Okay, so they re- they resolve one thing, um, but everything else is just questions upon questions upon questions, and like not in a way because there's like ways to do that, you know. Especially if you if you know that this is like a multi book series, you can absolutely. There are tons of like you know uh, uh, multi part mysteries or, or or adventure novels that end on a cliffhanger. Like that's very doable, but this is just like sliced the, the 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 book itself regardless of whether or not it answers all the questions it does not feel like it has like a beginning a middle and an end um no it's the the book is just all middle which is kind of impressive honestly you know hats the whole off. the whole first three books are all middle it, like I'm, that's it it doesn't stop that that is just how they like the realm that they exist in that's really impressive um and a little scary. Like, I'm intimidated by this. Like, because I want to read the next one to find out what happens, just purely out of morbid curiosity. But, like, how far do I go? You know? What's happening to me? Um, so, so I'm curious. Like, I'm curious. Do you really, really want to read the next one? Because I don't know what happened to my brain that when I read this, like, I was like, wow, that sucked a lot. And I have to keep reading it. That is, that is one I have in my notes here. I've like organized my notes, like just like what are some questions that will probably come up or or like be worth discussing in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I just have, did I like it? And I wrote 
God, no. And then I wrote, I can't wait to read the next one. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. It's weird, right? It's a little nefarious. I mean, like, this is, this is, you know, there, James Patterson can spin a yarn, but he can spin a yarn in the same way that, like, the guys in the dark lab at McDonald's can, like, make a chicken nugget that makes you want to eat 20 of them, you know? <laughs> uh, where it's like, I know that this is bad for me, and I know that this is terrible, and it doesn't really actually taste that good, but the salt is doing something to me. And that's kind of this book. Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a copy of the second and the third one, so you can borrow those if I, you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I will. You know, just... Just a taste, you know? Yeah, I, I I could go for a chicken nugget. I could go for a Right, exactly, I could, exactly. I could go for some nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a, madness. It's a, it's a very weird book. Um, do you, So you've now listened to me kind of like uh, 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 spin my mad yarn about my experience with this book. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to ask... Is there anything did 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 I have I followed in your footsteps? Am I am, are the things that I noticed the same things you noticed? Is there stuff I missed? Is there stuff that you remember? Like 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 how similar were our experiences reading this book? I think pretty similar. I don't. I did not feel like the New York stuff dragged as much as I think that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know that it is like a large portion of the book. But for some reason, when I think back and think about like stuff that dragged or that I felt like spent, we spent way too much time on um, all of the stuff with Dr. Martinez felt endless mm-hmm. to me. That was the most like Wattpad diversion type chapters yeah. of all time. But then again, I have future knowledge and I know that stuff all comes back again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. The, the Ella and Dr. Martinez stuff does. I mean, like, honestly, that whole, I think the main reason that I feel that the New York stuff drags the most is that it's the one that happened most recently. If that makes sense. <laughs> Cause I, the, the, um, the Dr. Martinez stuff, and and when they finally meet back up, that's where I had to stop. Cause because so behind the scenes here, um my plan was to read this, just shotgun this book all in one go on Saturday, you know? Yep. And we record Sunday. Because I I can read pretty fast. These books are not long and they're certainly not dense. So yeah, I'll just knock it out Saturday afternoon. That'll be fun. Um but I couldn't. I felt like I was trying to eat 40 chicken McNuggets, right? Like, it just it just really could – I could not get it all down. It was like – Really? Is, yeah. I, I just – and it was it was specifically, like, after the Dr. Martinez stuff was over and I'd gotten the twist about the microchip and they had all met up and they were like, oh, there's – by the way, there's this other school called the, called the Institute and we got to go to New York. I was just like, I can't. I'm going to put the rest of this in the fridge and eat it tomorrow. <laughs> like that that was Wow. Yeah. Huh. I I read this book in one day. I don't know what is wrong with me. 
<laughs> but for some reason, I can just eat 40 chicken McNuggets. The like literally the only reason I haven't read this whole series is because book four was so atrociously bad, worst thing I've ever read in my life that that was like the speed bump that stopped me. Like I was going a hundred miles per hour down the maximum ride road, and then I hit book four and I had to stop. No, I, I, I legitimately, I was just like, if I read this all in one go right now, I'm going to feel awful. I'm just gonna, it's gonna, I'm gonna have a tummy ache. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, what did I do with my Saturday? I, I was just like, I gotta read the rest of this tomorrow. I can't, I can't read this all. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I think, think. I think that if that had been, like, if the book had ended, I think we would have had a very similar episode, and I would have basically spoken about all of the Ella and her mom stuff the same way that I did about the New York stuff, but the New York stuff happened early, you know, or late, like, more recently, right? So it's the one that sticks out to me, it's like, oh, that's the last one I struggled with. Hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it was exhausting for me to read this, and yet, here I am going, I could go for another... I could go for another maximum ride, you know? Yeah, see, I find them energizing. Mm, I maybe I'll I, get I there. I think I have I've got whatever it is. Like I mm-hmm. I get the maximum ride fans. Well, I mean like I like, I, I get you. I I I do want it, right? Like I, I think I get I think it's more I, I'm gonna have to like pace it out a little more, you know? I can't I I, I I think that if I go in knowing I'm going to read the first half of this one day and the second half of this the next day, it's going to work for me. But it's like, you know, it's like I it's just I'm working out what my what my Taco Bell order is going to be. Sure. Like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm, if I just get, uh, you know, two tacos and a quesadilla, that'll be fine. I don't need to get the the gordita, you know, like I, I, and I I'll ha- or if I do, I will have that tomorrow. Right. Like. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, I want it. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to pace myself. That's fair enough. I mean, to be fair, I was very ill when I, when I read like <laughs> two of them. I was very <laughs> ill for like about a week. Mm-hmm. And I was um, maybe medicated for pain mm. for most of that time <laughs> and was just like shotgunning maximum ride. I had ear infection, so I had lost com- like completely 100% of my hearing as well. Yeah. So I went into the the fucking sensory deprivation <laughs> tank and read <laughs> right, and yeah. read Maximum Ride. <laughs> right, yeah. So that that might be some extenuating circumstances. Maybe I maybe I should take an edible before I read the next one. I highly recommend maybe, it. Maybe maybe then it will all make sense. It'll all make sense. <laughs> okay. Um I guess there's not really any themes or anything to discuss here. Um, we kind of went through all of the, uh, the backstory at the beginning here. So what do you say we take a quick break and then, uh, come back and do some patron questions? Yeah, let's do it. There are some things in life that are out of our control. Why do you think you were created in the first place? They're not human. The most dangerous mistake is to think of them as if they are. They experimented on us like lab rats. And now we have to run and hide just to stay alive. Everything was a lie. This is all part of some master plan. So what do we do? We fight. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. 
the third segment is back. We're trying something a little different this time. Um, we kind of got all of our, uh, our, our, our fun uh, article business and interviews and whatnot out in the first segment here. So uh, we're going to do something different here and take some uh, listener questions for the uh, 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 for the last part of the podcast. Um, you can get in on this at patreon.com streetcast. Of course, I don't have uh, time to read every question here, but I've selected a few and I am doing my best to uh, answer them all on there, you know, even if they don't make it to the episode. So, um, uh, without further ado, are you ready to, uh, take some, take some cues? Absolutely. Okay. Number one question here is from shift. My burning question is, is the main character's name actually Max ride? Because I only know anything about these two books by listening to both of you talk about it on the podcast. And it feels like that's a joke. You just both, decided to commit to like, yeah, the name <laughs> of the main character is Max ride and they're best friends with sans undertale. I got it. Sure. <laughs> I wish we had come up with this. <laughs> You're right. We would be, we, I, I, I could, I could, uh, I could make use of the maximum ride money. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, her name, her name is maximum ride. Um, when I was reading this, for the longest time, I was really amused because the only half of that that was explained was the ride part. It's a uh, ride like Sally Ride the Astronaut. Um, and the maximum part, I guess we were just supposed to sort of take as like, yeah, maximum. But Jeb does say at one point, you're going to be the best, Max. Maximum. Right. Yeah. So he literally named her <laughs> Maximum Ride. It's kind of a horse name. Oh my god, that is a horse name. Absolutely. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm still sticking to the theory that uh that James Patterson read that interview that uh, Publishers Weekly did with him and was like, that's a cool phrase. Uh Okay, I'm dying to know if that was in When the Wind Blows. The name Maximum Ride. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Max, or if it was just Max. Because I think it was just Max, if if I'm like... Yeah, it was just Max. So I think this was his, like, cool YA spin. This was the brand. So it was... it was So in the lake house, or when the wind blew... Where the wind blows, it was just Max, no ride? That's what it looks like. Okay. So he's put that together as, like, Max maximum ride it it makes me think there is a simpsons episode where homer decides that his new name is max power and that's another mm -hmm. one that i feel like is another like uh, <laughs> like source of inspiration possibly but yeah very 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 silly name but that is in fact the character's name i think this is money fandom stuff i think this is pure branding it's it, it is it is a hell of a like brand name right maximum mm -hmm. ride it sounds fucking cool it is it is a hundred percent uh uh like a, a franchise name right? right like uh it's funny that it's literally her name and not just like the name of the thing like the name of the series right mm-hmm because it, because like if if you're just like describing like oh the excitement of the series maximum ride, um, that would also work. But it's it's really going like the full ten yards here. 
uh, and and making it her name as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, asks, uh, this is sort of a general curiosity question. I hadn't heard of the series before you guys discussed it, and while I was briefly Googling it, I couldn't find much on if it's been translated to other languages, nor how known it is internationally. Do you think it's just the quality of the writing, or is there something inherent about the series that wouldn't make sense slash would be off-putting for international audiences? Well, it's very American. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It is super-duper American. I feel like the New York section alone just might not hit for people who don't live near or care about American cities, right? I mean, I don't think it hits, period. I mean, it just doesn't hit. Yeah, right. It just doesn't kind of really hit, period. Um, but also, like, the stuff with the... I mean, you you, you you would know better than me. Like, it's all global warming and Congress and, and whatnot from here on out, right? So, like, pretty specifically about American topics, I guess. Yeah. I, probably... Um, but I feel like that doesn't really stop anything else. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it is true though. I, I poked around a little bit online and I couldn't, cause you know, like with, with, with Twilight and, and Harry Potter, there are all those like fun, like international covers and title translations and stuff. Right. And I couldn't really find much of that for Max, Max, right. In fact, maybe it's, maybe it's like part of it is that like, that's a title that kind of only works in English. Yeah. That, like, yeah, that, I that, can see it. That pun doesn't really work. It's not even really a pun, but it's like Maximum Right. Let me just look again. Maximum Right International Covers. I can only see English covers for this thing. Yeah. I wonder about James Patterson's books in general. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's more that like he's just a, a successful in America type author, right? No real, mm-hmm. no real uh, grip outside of that. I could see that maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I guess I don't really have an answer for this other than like, that's interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but it is true. It's a, it's a, it's a true observation. I cannot find any like international covers or anything like that for, for the series. Uh, next, this question comes from Mars. If you could adapt the Maximum Ride books to a medium other than the manga, such as TV show, anime, movies, web comics, etc., which one would you like to see the most? CW TV show, easy. Oh my god. Could easy. You? This, it's literally a CW show in novel form. Every yeah. stuff happens and then and then and then forever <laughs> for fucking 14 seasons. No stopping. Endless yeah. twists. That is the format for Maximum Ride. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um there's a there's a one of one of the other sort of like uh, old man cultural touchstones in this book is um, uh, Max calling herself and other people calling her Supergirl all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if I'm remembering right, around the time this was air, or this airing, this this was uh, uh, being published. I think that Supergirl's most recent outings would have been like in the comics, like in like the 70s and 80s and stuff, rather than like. Uh-huh. Like she's not in like TV, the TV shows or anything. But now we have like the CW Supergirl, which everything I've seen from that, it is Max Ridecore, like a hundred percent the same kind of thing. Well, um, 
And consider there are Marvel Maximum Ride comics. Are they exist. Marvel? I believe so. Oh my god, I had Mar- no idea. Let me. They have weird robot wings in them. Marvel Max Ride is a comic miniseries yeah. adapting the first three books of Maximum Ride. Wow. So my second answer is uh, Marvel movies. This would get me to see a Marvel movie. Again. This would get me to see a Marvel movie. This, I yeah, a hundred percent. Also, maybe, perfect for Marvel movies. Yeah, th- these are in the same wheelhouse, easily, right? Yeah, totally. That's so funny. I had no no idea these ones existed. During an interview prior to the release, Patterson said the following: "I've given Marvel license. In fact, I've encouraged them to make this Marvel's Maximum Ride." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. That is so... <laughs> talking like you're big-dicking Marvel is really funny. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I gave them some license. I Yeah, you know what? I, I gave them a little walking around money, you know? <laughs> oh, I think they're into the money fandom, too, so I'll give them license. Uh, so I expect some changes to the story. I expect we'll age the kids up a bit. I'd like them to mess with it. It's also a very visual series, which I think is great. My hope is that it will be the best series I've ever done. That's what I want. <laughs> you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Marvel's he did doing it. it. He did this. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Fuck me. Uh, the flock does not have bird wings, but cyborg wings of metal alloy. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, apparently, uh, Marjorie Bennett stated that this was the idea of James Patterson. Yeah, well, so is everything else. Yeah, yeah. That, that again, this feels like another money move. This feels calculated. He's like, superheroes and shit are in now, and like Iron Man, they should have robot wings now, actually. Gazzy works mainly with computers when creating bombs. The reason for his name has changed from being literally gassy to being skilled at creating explosives. <laughs> they took out the fart thing. To be fair, again, the, he never farts. That never happens in this book. Um, right. Like once. Once at the beginning. Then it never comes up again. So sure, mm-hmm. change it. Iggy's main power is to be a human compass. Cool. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so so CW show, I think, is easily my number one as well. Or um, I feel like this could be a this is this is sort of a long shot, but I feel like there's a there's like a good character action game buried in here. Just do like Devil May Cry, your fighting guys, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's my unironic answer. Yeah, just 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 be, you know button mash beat some guys up I, I feel like that could be pretty fun it's co-op you can get like three players all all in there as different members of the flock mm-hmm. seems pretty doable uh next question from james if you were to do experiments on angels what kind of experimenting would you do okay well they're not angels <laughs> if you were to do experiments on bird people Experiments on bird people. If if we were in Jeb's position, what would we be having them do? That would be messed up for that to happen to angels. That would be so me. crazy. So you wouldn't, or are you? Would you? Would you not do it? Would you be like, no, I would never. I would never. I'd probably be like, show me how fast you can fly. Yeah, I wouldn't put them in dog kennels. I think would be my number one thing. That that is, there's. <laughs> 
There's an aspect of this book that's very funny to me, which is that, like, so Jeb's whole thing is that, like, no, no, you don't understand. This is hard, but we have to do it to save the world. I think. I think that's what his his position is. Yeah. Um, But he, if he's in charge, he's, he's, like, he's got them in, like, literal dog crates, uh, and they're being fed food, like, through the bars, and... Uh, there's werewolves, like, patrolling around, ready to kill them. So it just seems like sort of a bad time. And I think that if I was in a similar position, perhaps if I were some sort of evil genius creating bird hybrid people, I would maybe, like, hide all of the, uh, the, like, the, the, like, the rejected mutants and stuff and, like, the erasers power. I would, like, make, I would keep that on the low, maybe. And I would, like, maybe make, like, the school sort of seem like it was normal a little bit, just to, you know, gain their trust. And not... I'd make it nice instead. I, but I'm p- picturing this, like, if I'm the villain, I'm still the villain, I'm still evil, oh, right? But I would, okay. like, I would, like, I would hide all of the bad stuff. Not only because I think that it's probably increasing the likelihood of, like, a breakout at some point, but, like, that's just, like, a cooler villain thing to do, right? Is it, like, oh, it looks it looks all nice and normal, but secretly it's fucked up. Instead of, it, like, Jeb is just, like, literally taking them out of dog kennels and going, like, you have to do this, believe me. It's I know it's tough. And it's just, like, that's a hard sell, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I would be a better villain, I think. Uh, next question comes from Kazinsi. Uh, what is your favorite bird person species and character? These can be separate questions. Bird species and character, separate questions. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. My favorite bird. What is my favorite bird? Favorite, favorite fictional bird person. Favorite fictional bird person. So, like... I, I would, uh, like, would Arakoa count from, like, Warcraft, maybe? Those are pretty cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of more bird people. Falco. There's those people in Breath of the Wild. Those are yeah. cool. Uh, I'm just gonna... Here. Bird pe- bird people. <laughs> oh, well, that's... Okay, there's a movie called Bird People. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh, no, not that. Bird TV tropes, bird people. Here we go. Okay, so you've got the the ones from Magic: The Gathering. You've got um, the D and D ones. You've got Falcomon, Digimon. You've got the Zelda ones, like you said. You've got yep, Falco, the Ixal from Final Fantasy, Tengu from Guild Wars Two. Here's the fucking problem. Yeah, the Maximum Ride people are my favorite bird people. I think that counts. You, you like that's the you, problem. You yeah. like it when it's just like people with bird wings, you know? Yes, I do. Yeah. And they have like cool yeah. powers. I think that's and valid. Badass and do an epic uh, jump and fly out of the windows at a restaurant. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fully valid. I you know maybe maybe a a core component of what makes these chicken nuggets so tasty, right? Is mm-hmm. it's just sort of cool when a person has like one animal feature, is what I'll say. I think that's like right. a cool, that's just a, that's a trope that's always hidden for me. Someone's got horns, someone's got wings, someone's got fangs, someone's got different eyes, but just like one thing different. I, I'm i a right. big fan of that. Yeah, yeah. 
And then I guess for like singular bird person character, anything, anything sticking out to you? Maximum ride, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Max ride. The queen. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I like Falco. I like, I like, uh, I like when you say Falco and he gets pissed off at you and you're like, That's oh, right. fuck you. But you're all right. I know we're really on the same. I know we're, I know we're tight. I know we're friends. We're deep down. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then the final one here, this, this should be, this should be good. Uh, knowing, you know, knowing your last answer here. So this is, I've sort of combined this one. We had a few people ask variations of this question, like, uh, MB hair and duration. What would our mutant hybrid OC powers be? Oh, hell yes. Okay. Cause the powers are sort of, um, <laughs> separate from, <laughs> Okay, so Separate. so just okay. just just going basically just just basing this purely on what happens in this first book, mm-hmm. I'll say like wings plus let's say, let's say type of bird wing, and then we can pick two powers because we get everyone like gets an extra power over the course of the book. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me think about this for a moment. Mm-hmm. Type of bird. I'll play us. I'll play us some. Some music while we think about this. I'm just listening to the music now. <laughs> okay, wait, what about this might be better thinking music. Oh you're right. This is way better. <laughs> oh fuck, I only have a short clip of that one. Bummer. <laughs> Just the first note, I guess. Oh, that was from. Remember, many many episodes ago, I like put took the first piano note from a bunch of songs and had you guess them. I think that's. Oh what yeah. That's from. <laughs> Very good. Is that Runaway or is it Black Parade? This is Black Parade. Oh okay. I think I'm gonna pick um one of those beautiful um pigeons that isn't like white but has like the brown on it too oh yeah like yeah, a little yeah. bit with like um, the, the kind of like the white heads and the dark eyes those ones yeah yeah, yeah those yeah, ones yeah. that's what i'll pick because that's i think similar to what maximum ride has canonically <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking i'm, I'm looking up yep P- yeah pigeon badass See, i'm such i'm such a maximum ride stan off-white pigeon wings yeah no, that's cool. Okay. Now, what about your powers? Powers. Hmm. I don't want to read mines. Way more trouble than it's worth. It is. And I learned all about that in Twilight Midnight Sun. <laughs> hmm. You tell me what kind of bird and I'll think about my okay. powers. I'm thinking it's got to be like a one of those cool big birds. Uh, so like albatross wings or like secretary bird wings you know like the oh, really yeah. the really long ones that have like almost like the like the, they're just like the big feathers at the end that are almost look like fingers you know mm-hmm. that style um maybe vulture they have kind of a similar thing going on but like something with those kind of big shaggy wings right i think those look yeah, so yeah. cool those do look cool uh absolutely the coolest looking wings I can get, I think. Now I'm thinking about powers. Uh, let me think. 
Now, I have a good one to consider here. Mm. How about Tracker? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's kind of fitting, right? Like, like uh, raptors, they, they're kind of trackers. They're kind of trackers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Power number one. You're the tracker. I'm the, tra- I'm the tracker. <laughs> you're the tracker with bird wings. Uh, breathing underwater is cool, though. That is useful, too. You know? Like, that, that one's going to come in clutch one day, I feel. It, it, I think it's just everyone those... is like a kid, like to like swim around and pretend you're some sort of sea creature, mm-hmm. or like a mermaid or a vaporeon or what have you. Hell so yeah. like doing uh-huh. that, but like getting to just like swim around and get to breathe underwater—that's cool. Yeah, and you have wings to like propel you forward. Ooh, yeah, you can go go really fast, maybe just pushing mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'm in a tough spot here for my first power because, like, whenever I think about superpowers, I instantly think, like, yeah, flying would be sick, but I've got that on lock You've already. got that one, yeah. That one's in. Um, would it be a... P- <laughs> I, I Does does this sort of roll into the bird strength thing? Because I'm, when I'm thinking about, like, bird powers, I'm thinking about, like, it's cool that Kazooie can carry a bunch of stuff on, on her back. You know, if I'm walking around going and and like carrying like a truck or something. I was like, what does Kazooie carry around on her back? But I guess she carries banjo around. Yeah. If I'm like, okay, I'm just going to say super strength, I think. Because like they. That comes with it though. Yeah, I guess it does. But like, I mean, like really super strength, like, like knocking walls over super strength. You know? Don't they already have that? I I guess... It's yeah. really confusing. Yeah. I guess they sort of have it, like, when it's necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that one doesn't count. What about, um... I mean, it can count. If you want to be able to throw no. a van across a football field, then, <laughs> that, then that counts. The tra- you're the tracker. I'm the. I could throw the football. Hmm. Uh, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. So I, you've already. We've already got like pretty decent strength. I'm gonna say uh, night vision. That seems pretty cool. Because if you're Hell flying, yeah. if you're flying, you know, what if you want to fly really far and it's nighttime? Some night vision. That sounds pretty good. I need some night vision because I'm going to be underwater. Oh, oh! What if you had sonar? Oh, that'd be cool. That's like the ultimate tracking power. Yeah, like if you were like a radar bird. Yeah, that all like rolls into tracker, right? Yeah, so I, can breathe I think underwater that counts as tracker. And, I got, and I've got sonar. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a marine bird. Kind of like a water, yeah, like a cool water bird. Hmm. Um, night vision, night vision. I'm trying to think of the powers are so loosened. They could be fucking anything in this. Um, nudges power is guessing passwords like by touching stuff. Um, what about, uh, angel is psychic. Does that help? That, yeah, that's the same sim. Yeah, that's, hmm. They that's are like, kind of like Twilight vampires, They're though. vampire powers a little bit, aren't they? They are. Um, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, I gotta choose one more. I've got night vision. If I've got night vision. Oh, okay. You know what I want? This is a very specific one, but if I've got night vision, um, I want like a, like a, almost like a stealthy attack power, right? Um, I want to be able to like shoot my feathers like they're like ninja stars or something. Ooh. You know, like like a like a like a cool silent assassin powers. I'm like flying around at night. I find the bad guy and then I like go and just shoot like a bunch of cool feathers out of my wing at them, and then they're none the wiser. And I fly away. You're a lo- you're more combat ready than me. Well, you you're doing recon because you're the tracker. Yeah. Maybe you need a combat power. I might need a combat power. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> What's okay? So let's. Well, you, you still have a power. You still have a power open because we're rolling radar into the tracker thing. So <laughs> right, right. Well, can I be like a pet class? Can I like talk sharks and make them oh shit? Me? You'd be like Aquaman or something. I know. I don't want to be like Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is is Aquaman DC or Marvel? DC. Damn it! I was gonna say this is the, my Marvel maximum ride. <laughs> Cross it over. Uh, I mean, like, Aquaman didn't invent talking to animals, you know? Like, I don't want to talk to them. I want to make them my pets you wanna, like, to attack. Oh, you want to, like, enthrall them. Yeah. Yes. That See, that's that's cool. I think that can I think that's its own thing. You get, like... Like, uh... Because they're animals. They don't talk. They're not... Yeah. You know, they don't have language. You can I'm like just making them do something. You can like do the movie The Birds, but to like fish. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. I think that that would be your combat power. You just like you could just like frenzy a shark or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's down here with me to to combat with me, but Well, I bet it's like a sub so it's like a submarine. So what you're gonna do is <laughs> You're gonna like <laughs> have a bunch of sharks or like a whale like a like attack the submarine to make them think that like a torpedo has hit them or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then they're gonna they're gonna surface and then like the little guy is gonna come out on top of the submarine and be like, "What's out there?" And I'm gonna go with my cool razor wings and get his ass. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Combat power is pretty good. Mm-hmm. One one support power, one combat power. This is that was a pretty good way to divvy that up. I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, that's a lot to chew on, but I think I think I think we got to leave it there for now. Yeah, uh, I'll be th- I'll be thinking I'll about be thinking- my. My maximum ride Sona from now on. I guess. I guess we maybe we can come back to this in a future maximum ride episode. Is I need to think about what the name for this cool because we need like maximum ride ass names, right? Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll take a while. So we will. I think unless uh, you've got anything else, any any last minute uh, uh, maximum ride uh, uh, tidbits to bring up. I don't think so. All right. In that case, I am going to take us to the close. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast, where you can find bonus episodes, bonus videos, and, of course, ask us questions for future episodes. And I guess we don't have an answer for this yet, but I'm 
I'm, I'm like, I'm careening towards it, so I'm just going to say it anyway. What are we reading next time? Mystery. Uh, nothing, but everyone else can read uh, Maximum <laughs> Ride 2 for, uh, <laughs> for more exciting fun. And you'll get to about Maximum Ride 4, and then you'll stop reading, because that is <laughs> maybe the worst book ever written. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure out what we're doing next time, but uh, until then catch you on the oh fuck that's what we say on the oh ooh, this is all uh-oh 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 wee woo wee woo <laughs> yeah please read another don't read maximum right <laughs> please read no read it read it it's good makes ocean roll seem tame but i know what you're after if you catch a ride because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise